1: Screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at PalmerBet.
0: Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1 800 858 858. With over 21 class leading brands, Wakeling Automotive is home to your next new car. Call Maddie anytime, 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to Morning Glory with Maddie Johns.
2: Yeah, welcome to Morning Glory, everyone. Big show today. We're going to cover off uh, some of the stories coming out of uh, the Dragons as well as Manly. Uh, we're going to talk Bathurst, uh, Camera Master, signed a new deal with the Melbourne Storm and what that means for the Dolphins. Slice of Denon, Webster, to. Advice is super tramp today. Movie of the week. We've got an Arnie special search and enjoy. It's all happening. City Morning Herald's Andrew Webster. Webby, how you going, mate? Good, matey. How are you, mate? I'm going good, brother. I'm going good. Uh, Maestro, how are you?
3: Very, very well. You're Happy to be good. back for another week.
2: Good, yeah, me too. Uh, we've got the uh, we'll get, to, we'll get to Ben in a second, mate. I believe he's got something up his sleeve. We've uh, bloke in a bar den in camp. Kempi, how you doing, man? Mate, I'm
4: excited because I go to Europe for seven weeks on Sunday. You're joking. Yes, I do. Yes, I do, sir. Where's
5: the first stop?
4: Uh, Dubai. Then we go into Spain. And guess what we do on the Saturday? So we we get there this Sunday, the next Saturday. Real Madrid versus Barcelona.
2: Oh, oh El Clasico. Nice. El Clasico. Oh, who's the lucky boy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the Prince of Pounded Hills, Benny
1: Hogarth. How you going, Ben? I've had a fantastic week, Matthew, mainly because of this from last week. A quick one, uh, Benny. Penrith, 13 plus <laughs> yeah. into Dylan Edwards for Clive Churchill.
6: <laughs>
1: oh. uh, Bravo. Bravo. There Good you go. Morning. Cash cash money. My wife was very happy when I was cheering
2: Dylan Edwards at the end of that game. I've got a a story for you, which is actually true. My youngest son, Cooper, who's actually – we're going to bring him in third break. He's he's here this morning. He's about to go to Hamilton Island, which a single bloke going to (laughs) Hamilton Island. Anyway, try to work that one out. (laughs) A friend of his, right, who he just lost his grandmother and it was on the eve of the grand final. One of her final words to the family, big rugby league fan – was Penrith 13 plus Stephen Crichton first try scorer? Nice. Swear to God! Wait. Wow. What? Yep, that yep. is crazy. I, I she said I... it was like she
5: did to deal with the devil himself. <laughs> <laughs> I love a grandmother that's uh, dropping. I know, <laughs> dropping <Final>. multis, <laughs> dropping multies on the deathbed. <laughs> Final words.
2: It's a famous one about an old, uh, an old CEO. Uh, an iconic CEO on his deathbed, the last few words he had to say was bagging old coaches. Into <laughs> <my life>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, boys, uh, and Denham, we'll have a talk about mate. Yeah, uh, European holiday. Will be got to give us some uh, tips. He just come back from Spain, of course. But yeah. uh, if, boys, if while
5: you're in Spain, if you happen to see my soul anywhere, can you bring it back? <laughs> <to me? laughs> yeah,
2: very good. Now, boys, we haven't spoken about the grand final. Uh, Penrith 2012 over Parramatta. Penrith uh, dynamite, 28-12, said before, not really a true indication, I think, of the game. At one point, Webby, I thought it was going to end up as sort of Melbourne versus Manly. You know, 38 40 something like that. That's
5: the way it was going. I reckon you could tell after the second try, 17 minutes in, you just could mm. tell that this was going to be a bloodbath and that's what it was. it was at the f- It was almost the perfect half of grand final football. It reminded me of the Roosters... 18 against the storm remember how yes. the way that they played in that Brilliant. first half and just suffocated blew, them out of the, and just blew them away and and that's exactly how it how it played out uh, I, I mean they've been the best team all year they've been Tip to be go back to back all year. They've had things go against them in certain games and finals and suspensions to Nathan Cleary and and Origin and all that. Despite that, they were easily the best team in the competition. Dylan Edwards,
4: mate,
2: what a season he's had.
4: He has been absolutely incredible. So unlucky to miss the Aussie squad. Look, I understand why they probably went maybe with Burton in that position over him with Burton's youth, etc., etc. But I will say the really interesting thing, and I don't think it was given enough credit. And the great sides, you don't give credit to this. But last year, Dylan Edwards had a broken foot. Cleary needed a shoulder reconstruction. And there were a couple of other players that were completely busted. They still managed to win. And I think it was Cleary that said after the game that it was the first game that they'd really walked off, uh, walked off the field, especially in the first half, and said... This was a complete match. And I think we've been waiting for this complete match from Penrith for the last few years. In the first year, very attack-heavy side. Second year, they said, you know what, we need to go back to defence. Became a grindy side.
2: I feel like it was both in this grand final. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. You know, just on Edwards, Like two years ago, Delon Edwards had the yips. Mm. Whenever the ball went in the air, he wouldn't get underneath it. I I saw him play in a reserve-grade game three years ago. Uh, for Penrith, when the ball was going in the air, I kid you not, he was almost—he'd almost go the other way. He totally lost his nerve, and to have the mental toughness to come back from that and to get where he's got to is says a lot about the bloke.
5: I think it is interesting that he didn't make the Kangaroos uh, squad. I think it's interesting that both the Dally M medalist and the Dally—the Dally M medalist and the Clive Churchill medalist—couldn't find their way into the Australian squad. Um, there well, wouldn't be many times where that's happened. No. It's,
4: it's interesting because. And again, I under Like I'm extremely excited for Burton, Campbell Graham as well. He's worked his ass off. But those are probably the two positions we'd go. Wow, that's pretty tough. That the Clive Churchill and the Penrith Panthers Player of the Year mm. in one of their best seasons ever. Uh, so I agree, very very tough. I,
5: under- uh, I understand it though with Edwards. Like I mean, he's a he's a specialist fullback. He can play fullback or maybe left wing. But and I think Burton covers a little bit more. But yeah. they, that's the I thing know, when you go through this. I know. I know. It was really, It was very. Yeah. It was very Torn. Yeah, uh, Nathan
2: Cleary, now? best player in the world at the moment. There's always that debate. We had a situation where you know, the fullbacks were dominating for a long time, but we're back to being that the best player in the world is number seven. Um, he was – man, he was good. It just shows you – and we'll get on to Parham in a second. And we spoke last week about this a lot. We said when when the grand final comes around, you've got to be up emotionally. I hear a lot of times sports psychologists say, you know, when you're in the sheds before the game, just keep it an even cool. I'll tell you, if you do that in a grand final, you could lose it the first twenty minutes because you'll just get stuck in the gates. And I've seen that numerous times. And we spoke to Joey about it last week at about two thousand one Parramatta, where they turned up like it was any other game, and Newcastle were pumped in the eyeballs, and it was just it was over after twenty minutes. And I, I was shocked. And and you draw conclusions in hindsight. I get that, but how they prepared for the game, Parramatta. You know, uh, rejecting the opportunity a couple of days before the game to train on a core stadium where Penrith took it. Um, You know, people say, why is that a big deal? It's to get your bearings. Phil Gould would famously take you to um, what is Allianz Stadium now, the old Sydney Football Stadium, the night before the game, and just stand around and get a feel for it. You know, one year, famous year, had the players laying on their backs just looking up and just, you know, making, getting their heads into the occasion, get their bearings, uh, getting their goals for the game. That's imp- how important it is to just to just visit the place where it's all going to happen. And then, and then the other one, where, the big one, where they drove their own cars to the game.
4: That that to me is shocking. And and uh, this is not a hindsight for me. I said before the game, I had a few like we did a live show, and a few of the other analysts were like, "No, no, you treat it as normal game, rara." I'm like, "No, no, no, you don't." This moment comes once in a lifetime. All the history. Put it on their bucks. Because, okay, yeah. if you're going to go out in flames, go out in flames. That's right. I don't understand that.
5: But that's three, the last three Parramatta Grand Finals, 01, 09 and now uh, 20, what is it, 22, where they've been schooled in Grand Finals. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they yeah. haven't been, their preparation has been questioned. Yeah. And it they've hasn't been right. had,
2: had a great run going in and then at the final hurdle, you know, it sort of falls apart for various, for various reasons. Mm. But, again, I come back to the fact that, yeah, I, on grand final, I want to, you know, I want to get on a bus with all my teammates. It's one of the most special things. Going to the game, you get you get the the tension that is on the bus, and tension is good. Tension fuels the tank. And you get at the game, you get off together. And the other thing about and we, you, you get a um, you get a police escort there. You know, amongst oh. all the, amongst all the uh, the traffic. The other thing about it is when you've got Do eight, you got. really? Eighteen. Yeah, when we played in 97, we had a police escort to make sure that we could go straight through to the ground. So it makes you wonder, like when 18 different players are turning up on that day where there's a lot of traffic around, you've basically, there's 18 more chances of things going wrong.
5: Mm. God, yeah, yeah, exactly. Imagine they tried Parramatta Road on grand final day. (laughs) I I will say, uh, paying all those tolls if you don't, and then you do the tolls. It's very expensive. Uh, I, I no s- wonder Ryan Madison was off his game. We'll get the Ryan Madison paid, in a second. He had to pay twenty dollars in tolls. He's no wonder he had the shits.
4: Yeah, uh, I will say uh, just just uh, in the conversation. I remember it, obviously I played under Clear Ivan Cleary at the Warriors, and when I was at the Warriors, actually he used to do a thing where even in normal games he would get every a lot of the boys, and they'd, we'd hire out a hotel. And we'd actually be in a hotel a few hours before the game would even start. Yep. And I remember initially it really like threw me off because at the Broncos, we didn't do that. Whereas at the Warriors, they do that. So it's really interesting to see, to see these things yeah. early in Ivan's career that were preparing him for
2: big, occasions. big big yes. occasions. Learning, tinkering, getting mm. it right, how, how you handle grand final days and whatnot. Uh, like as FA Cup, Challenge Cup finals in rugby league, FA Cup finals in England, you, you get a suit. You know, when we made the grand final uh, at Wigan, you know, you went and got fitted for a suit and to wear to the game, and there was the rose on. And it's just, it's just it's gives special. you that sense of of history. That's yeah. what I
4: don't get. Like, I just don't understand. Is like, it is a special moment. Why are we pretending? Why is everyone, uh, boys, just
2: normal? It's not normal. It's not normal. It's not normal. So why are we pretending yeah. that? Yeah. Um The Ryan Madison <laughs> <laughs> <the Ryan> Man- <laughs> 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 situation. Oh, and right up Okay, he said, "Oh, no, I have got a lot going on at the moment, but." Like for me, again, where where is Parramatta? Where is Parramatta in all of this? When a player goes right, oh, it's four thousand dollars fine, or it's three matches. When you're losing back rowers from next year, you're skinny on back rowers, and a back rower goes, "No, I'll take uh, three games and miss the first three games of the next season." I honestly, I cannot believe that.
4: Yeah, I I'm, I agree. Look, I, I know, I've met Mado. He's a great bloke, you know. Get all that stuff out of the way. It's, it's uh, there must be there must be something going on uh, privately. I will say he is a very uh, principled in in regards to he is willing to take a stand if he believes that that is the direction to go. But even like think of the other players, or yeah. it's it's not even about you anymore. Okay, yeah, you may need the money. Speak to the club, get a forward of some cash, like. There could be so many ways to fix it, and look—he prob- like he's
2: on like four, five hundred k, six hundred k, yeah. six hundred. Yeah.
5: How do you live on that? Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> know how
2: they do it. Mate. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I just—it just blows me away. In none of the uh, none of the sides I played in would a player even contemplate that.
5: Well, first, I think it's ridiculous that he could have the option to take one or the other. Mm. If if they're serious about foul play, and I don't, you know, whether the, he should have been charged or not, it's the third offence this year. You either, you either do the time or you can't... I don't think you should be able to pay your way out of it. Mm-hmm. Really. What's and it's been brought in this year. But for mine, it just says to me, it's like... And, and players, are, or a lot of players have always been like this, but it's like a lot of the modern day players are individual first, team second. And I think the teams that buck that, like Penrith and Parramatta to some extent, or or, or definitely a Melbourne, yep. um, are, the, are the teams that... Roosters. Are the ones that, the roosters of the teams that flourish? Well, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Is like, can you imagine
4: any of the top players or coaches allowing this? Like, no. could you imagine Robbo Bellamy?
2: You imagine Craig Ivan? Bellamy comes through, and one of the back rowers, like you know, Kafusi, for instance, last last season, where he gets a suspension, made four thousand dollar final, cop three matches, and he cop he says, I'll take three matches and. allowing it to
5: happen. Could you imagine Nick Politis letting it happen? Nick will go, what, four grand? Hang on, I've got that in my ashtray, in my car. (laughs) Here you go.
2: (laughs) Now I've got that. uh, I'll just reach over. My driver,
3: can you get that (laughs) out of my ashtray? (laughs) And
5: and look, no, Nick still drives. Does he? I've seen Nick driving. That's cool. And (laughs) There are scrapes on the
6: sides.
5: (laughs) 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 I I will
4: say, like, look, if he's going through some things personally, for sure, like, uh, I, I understand that and maybe... He's paying for someone in his life that's got something going. I don't. I don't know what. I don't honestly yeah, don't know
5: exactly. You don't know people's real but, financial situation. Why, so why, we shouldn't take the piss you.
4: Yeah, but why didn't the club help him then? If like yeah. you know, why didn't the club go? Listen, mate, you've got personal things going on. Yep, it's really important that we need you to play these games. You're a leader at this club now. Yep. we can forge you money. We can find ways
2: to you know do some promos. Yep. It's four thousand. The club can mate. find it. And we need to. We like start. Like next season, there's going to be a lot of people go, well, Parramatta, can they repeat, oh, they've lost Reed Marnie, they've lost Papali'i, you know, has the, the, the window shut? You've got to get off to a really good start. You know, and, they, and he'll be they public, have a slow start. He'll be
4: public enemy number one, unfortunately. If they lose their first three, all of the angst and anxiety and, and worry about Marnie, Papali'i, it'll be focused on him because yeah. he's the one not playing, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I don't
5: see Parramatta, though. I wrote about this on, on Monday. I don't see Parramatta collapsing. like In 09, that grand final loss opened the way for all the political infighting to ramp up and it tore the club apart and it ended with the salary cap scandal and they had a reset after that. That's not going to happen again at Parramatta. Mm. I think it's going to be tough to bounce back from it and I know they lose a couple of great players, but I don't see them imploding like they have in the past. It all, it
4: all hinges on Hodgson, I think. Mm. He oh, needs, he's a big, big... If he doesn't come and play solid, well, yeah. they're going to struggle in my opinion.
5: Uh, Penrith...
2: Next season, I'm only going to start a short-price price, favourite. So even losing guys like Kikau, at the end of the day, you've got Nathan Cleary, who's going to be another year older. You've got Edwards, you've got Lou Wai, all these young players, another year older, all their experience. Man, they're going to be hard to stop.
4: Absolutely. And, and ironically, in the grand final, the best edge-back rower was Liam Martin. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like that just shows you, yeah, Okay, Kikau is an absolute beast on the edge, and he's been so good consistently over the last couple of years. But they can go to Martin. Martin was yeah. going against Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown is the best defensive six in the game. And even though Dylan Brown landed the tackles eventually, he got quick play of the balls and got momentum. I,
5: yeah. thought, I thought Kikau was actually quiet yeah. compared to the rest yeah. of the finals. Yeah. How do I know this? I may job. have backed him for the Clive Church.
6: <laughs> there you
2: well, i tell you what, uh, on that remark, Webby will take a break and Webster next. <laughs> yeah, a little uh, while later, we're going to uh, get a bit of a giveaway Ben, I believe, surrounding Bathurst. Is that right? Yeah, we're giving away
1: $50 vouchers to Vix Meats for anyone out there that wants to fry up some meat. Love it.
2: Uh, this weekend for Bathurst. Fantastic. Sunday. Yes. I love Bathurst. Talking about meat, it's
6: time for Webster. <laughs> <laughs> Never forever was the best I could do.
2: Say, so, baby, what's going
5: on, Webby? Uh, I don't know how to follow that in prime rib. Follow what in? Follow what in? Mince meat. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. I can What did you just say? <laughs> I might have said follow what in? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sounds like we got Joey here. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, mate! Some of the stuff he was doing last week. He was a little bit rogue last week. Uh, when rogue isn't he? More than usual. Yes, I Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, I have to touch on the Penrith, the reaction to Penrith celebrations and how they've carried on post grand final win i know rugby league can bury itself up its own ass quite often Mm. but this has been all time i reckon the overreaction to a few little incidents even if you would call them that after the grand final has been ridiculous so let's go through them (laughs) jerome luai put something on social media drops the n-word it's a self-referential thing he took it down yeah blah blah yeah fisher harris the Eels are our sons. Oh, my God. That's the worst sledge I've ever heard. The Eels are our sons. This is the best ever Penrith team. Yeah. Everyone seems to be bent out of shape about that comment, except the people who used to play for Penrith, yeah. which I think is telling. And then Appy Coruscant does a little snort after about, about joining the West Tigers. Um, if you're looking for absolutely blind, drunk footballers still wearing their jumpers from the, gra- the game they played on the night before grace and dignity and poise, you're probably looking in the wrong place. Uh, I'll just say this, better than Lego. <laughs> <laughs> I think as an example. Yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah. disrespectful to Lego, to be yeah, honest. Yes. I'd <laughs> be offended if you I was know, Lego.
2: Do you know what? Um, yeah, I have absolutely no problem at all. You know, Am read I reading way, this wrong? Don't nah. you reckon the
5: re- overreaction oh, yeah. has been... To the
2: victor the spoils, it builds a rivalry even further, the stuff they are saying about Parramatta which, you know, adds to the narrative for next season. Look, look, there's no doubt. Like, Kenty is one of the ones who's, who's, who's gone hard. But, you know, I'll say this about Kenty. People say to me, oh, Paul Kent's driving an agenda. Everything that Kenty writes, he believes. Yeah. It's no, you know, you know no, you know, not discriminate against any. He If he writes something, he actually believes it. And I remember an example of it. When Melbourne Storm... Uh, when they got done for the salary cap, 2010, on our Channel 7 show, oh God helps. why am I bringing that up?
6: Uh,
2: <laughs> I remember he said, when it happened, he said that words to the effect of that Craig Bellamy must have known. You know, he, he knew, you know. Well, so, like, towards the end of the year, we had Billy Ake uh, on as a guest. Well, they met, met each other in the green room before, and Billy Ake just went ballistic and said, you know. Um, it was so embarrassing. It really affected my family, uh, et cetera, et cetera. They just went. and remember Kenty standing there, and his pulse never went above 45 beats. And he goes, well, I wrote it because I believe it. But if it's not true, well, I apologize.
5: But that's fine. Kentie, yeah. That's Kenty's job. Yes. Take it or leave it. He's a columnist. Everyone goes, yep. oh, where's the balance? Well, if yep. you're a columnist and you're, and you're talking... And you make yep. offering opinion on a panel. That's what you do.
4: Yeah, I, w- I will say though, like let's have some consistency though, because earlier this year he came out, he wrote an article comparing communist China to weak gutted dog comments, <laughs> saying everyone needs to be not a snowflake, everyone needs to calm down, and yet he's up there ranting and raving. About a bit of banter between the boys. So, look, I, yeah. I respect that he's got opinion for sure,
5: yeah. but surely Kenty would understand that if you're going to have an opinion, then people are going to have an opinion about, about your, your opinion. opinion. But I'm yeah. talking just generally, <laughs> yeah. not just what what, what said, but across the board. There's been a whole, Isn't, you know, Penrith yeah. ungracious Isn't winners. is the world and, these days? Yeah, Isn't it, exactly. You know, it's it's just... like I just think the rea- the way it's, it's it's gone on and on this week has been quite uh, pathetic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah,
4: I agree. As a player and a former player, it just regards into that the the greatest um, side ever. And Matty, you'd know way more about this. But when what he's saying is actually a compliment to those past teams because anytime you put on a jersey, you understand that the people that came before you Gave you that jersey. Mm. And so it's not us versus them. He's saying that, I I guarantee you, if you asked every single player in that squad, they would say, we wouldn't have been here without Brandy. We wouldn't have been here without MG. So it's actually a celebration of the history of the club that they're there. It's it's also
5: true. They've gone back to back. and It's (laughs) It's true. It
4: is undeniable.
2: Yeah. Undeniable. They, they, undeniable that they are the best team in Parramatta's history. And with the
5: greatest respect to Sean Lane, you can sit there and say the Parramatta wouldn't do the same thing, but I'd be more concerned with winning one first before offering that comment. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, cop I, that. I, <laughs> but,
2: but it is just what like... You know, I've talked before in the outbreak about like... when particularly when you've had a few days on the drink right there were lots of stuff when we won to comp that you know we we're saying stuff but it just didn't get the publicity and one of the things you know it's well it's dangerous when you've been on the drink for three days and someone puts a microphone up yeah yes. and there's always going to be quotes it's how people take it like i remember one of the most ridiculous things we were going to do was that whole year well newcastle and manly got a, a rich history of, of rivalry and, and that year in particular lots of things happened and I mean, someone came up with the idea on day three that how about we get up tomorrow and get in and manly have a beer, and everyone sort of laughed and said, "Well, yeah, we'll consider that." <laughs> and then we got up the next day, and in sobriety, and went, "You know what? It's a really bad idea. It's quite disrespectful." <laughs> Where would you have
5: gone? I would have loved that the the whole nights oh, ninety seventeen in this at, at the Stain front bar. Definitely the Stain. <laughs> that would have gone down. Just, well. just quickly
4: though, like you know, the grand final, incredible performance by Penrith, but. When it comes to drama and and, uh, competition, rather boring grand final because they were were dominant. Mm. So if this doesn't happen, imagine it'd be like, yep, they won, whatever. But because of this drama, this controversy, we
2: remember this grand final now. How good would it be next year if it's South versus, and I'm not going to say Sydney versus, South (laughs) versus Easts? Like, can you imagine... When you had look at the first that first game of the finals, that first week of the finals, can you imagine when they those guys play each other in the grand final, the mm. week leading in and what the winner does? And it's great. It, it's it's great. great. It just it builds hate. key rivalries Ooh, in the hate. game.
5: Hate. Builds. hate is not a yeah. bad thing. Webby, <laughs> the other thing.
2: Now hate over love. Dragons, Webby. <laughs> Jesus Speaking lot. of hate, <laughs> talking about hate over love. there has a lot going on at the Dragons.
5: Well, there's reports in the Herald today that only three members of the top 30 squad turned up to their presentation on Tuesday night. The club are saying that it was a scheduling thing. I sort of buy that in some respects because it's, it's, you know, the week after the grand final. Um, I also know that a lot of New Zealand players are already in New Zealand ahead of the World <laughs> Cup. Um but for mine, there's a bigger problem there, and that, yeah. is, that um, is that the young juniors, uh, Jaden Sullivan at the moment, mm. uh, Sloan before that, won out. Um, yeah. I, I think the club was in a really difficult situation. Do you, I think you have to keep Ben Hunt. I don't think you let yeah, a player of that quality, yeah, can't particularly he is the most, by far and away, the best player in that club at the moment. You can't let him go. But I think it needs to be an environment where you have to convince the younger players coming through, like Sullivan, that there's a future here for him, so just bide your time. And yep. I know that young players these days and their managers want the sugar hit of a big contract early yep. on, and they don't see the, the, the yep. bigger picture. But for I, mine, that's a real problem the, for a club that's that's developing.
2: I, the, the presentation thing, Webby, is that that's pretty big story. Because if 22 out of 30 turn up you go yeah but you know there's a few guys who've got things on someone might have went away the opportunity personal things but 27 out of 30 that's pr- that's sending a pretty strong message to the club uh of which right what's the message and there's a lot of been a lot of talk about players being off uh, Anthony Griffin it just looks to me like they're trying to force a hand there
4: yeah it is a really interesting one because and you're right webby I I agree I think there was times in my career like for example when I went to the warriors it was because I was told that you know I was a third winger in line. And if the Broncos probably had a sat me down and said, mate, we really love you at the club. We want you here. We really want you here. I probably would have stayed. Now, they did say they wanted me, but I didn't really feel there was a path for me there. And I think it's, it's a really good point in regards to Bud Sullivan. I think the club's got to get around him. And be like, mate, you are in our plans long term. It's only a two-year deal. Yes, it, it feels like forever, but we want your year long-term, you know, all that stuff. In regards to, if it's confirmed that, you know, eight players didn't turn up, that is extremely consistent. Uh, you know, know uh, 27. 27,
2: 27 didn't, turn didn't
4: turn up. 27 didn't turn up? Yeah. I thought, okay, yeah. I thought it was three players that didn't turn up. 27. 27. 27 didn't turn up. That is an absolute disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? It is a disaster. I Oh, I that's just blown my mind. I've
2: spoken to a couple, of, a couple of clubs, and I said, "How many people turned up to your presentation?" That was, and one of the clubs were, some, they didn't make the finals, and there was a bit going on. Uh, they said, "Yeah, one or two didn't turn up." Uh, one of the leading clubs, they had theirs, and they said, yeah, "Pretty sure everyone turned up." So for twenty-seven out of thirty guys not to turn up, they're, they're trying to send a message. Oh, that's do, we, it.
1: do we know the three that did turn up?
2: Yeah, I reckon want to be Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt. You wouldn't
1: want to be like a fringe player that's not getting an award. You just sort of just all the women's players
4: turned up. Well, I, I tell you what. Like at, at the end of the day, if if that many players didn't turn up, the club has to come to the table. They cannot continue to be staunch in their whatever decision. But I they're I think
5: making. contractually they're supposed to be. They're supposed to turn up. But what can Zach they do? Why Max after? Ben Hunt, and Michael Molo turned up. Oh. Michael yeah, Moller. Really. Mm. Great man. Zach Lomax. Well done, Michael. Lomax. It's well he's on a anyway, but I just I know for a fact that, you know, Ben Hunt tried it on with his um with his manager trying to get a Anthony Griffin clause into his contract. In the end there, apparently Hunt just said that's don't worry, that's not a that's not a uh, a deal breaker. So he is signed without that that clause in his contract, which I'm glad they did. But I don't think any coach is under more pressure in the early part of next season than Anthony Griffin.
2: I think it's going to be an interesting few days, Webby. The club have come out, I believe, and said, no, no, no. Yeah, he's going to be our coach for next year. But, man, I, I if if I'm running that club and 27 blokes out of 30 don't turn up and most of those blokes are still in the area, I, I'd say we are, we've are. got bigger problems than I thought.
4: Well, Maddie, your point earlier as well is that that means that it is a constructed plan by either the players, people above them, because they've gone in and said, boys, if only a few of us don't turn up, we get massive fines, sacked, all this kind of stuff. If we do it in numbers, they can't sack us. They can't all fine every single player. So that is unbelievably concerning for the Dragons going yeah. forward. I mean, Maybe I will ask say,
5: why. That's what, the, that's what the Dragons management don't do. They don't ask why.
4: I, I will say, I mean... This they is, say
5: everything's okay. That's what the problem with that club has been. <laughs> and me is a long-suffering supporter for the last 10 years, they say everything's okay. You're all making it up. You're all saying there's no drama there at all. Well, it, this is, the players are actually yelling out to everyone, guess what, there is a
2: problem. There is
4: drama. Last yeah. half full though, and I know this is going to sound a bit absurd, but it is good that the players could got together like this in such a strong Way very hard to do that when people are stressed
2: about their contracts and all that kind of stuff. And if the players are united, yeah. one way or another, exactly, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, that is a glass be half be full. The players
5: united and will never be defeated.
2: No, <laughs> well, son, we're just going to write that down. Uh, it's a it's a bloody mess. Now, talking about bloody mess, after the break, <laughs> we're going to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and later on the show, we're going to talk about the rugby league world cup. A couple of big decisions coming up for Mal Meninga. The biggest one, daily cherry Evans or Nathan Cleary. Uh, could be a bit of an no win situation for Mal, given the reaction, mm. whoever gets picked. But uh, it's time for Honest Opinions, the break where we put the boot in or muse or both. And I uh, just want to welcome uh, my son Cooper Johns into the studio. Cooper is about to get go to Hamilton Island. We'll get to that in a minute. Hey, Cooper, how are you going?
7: Good, Matthew. How are you?
2: I'm going excellent, as you know. Your mum's driving me mad at the moment. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's cool. Um, no problem. <laughs> Mate, uh, firstly, Cooper and I... Um, sat down and watched three episodes of the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix. I mean, it was hilarious. Uh, Cooper, it's fairly, fairly gruesome mutila- mutilation, cannibalism, nothing funny about that.
7: No, no, nothing out of the ordinary for our family, Big M. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a good watch, though. It's, uh, definitely a, you can't watch it all at once.
6: Oof.
2: No. Piece by piece. Yeah.
7: <laughs> uh, Benny, you've
2: seen, you say, we're at three, episode four. Yeah, I, a w- I
1: watched episode four going to bed last night, and I advise do not do it. There is there is a scene in episode four, Midway, that makes me, yeah, it's it's rough. I was watching it in bed. And my wife has looked over and she goes, What are you watching? And it's truly awful.
7: Sorry, oh. Benny, are you, are you watching it uh, like on your phone while you're... Yeah, waiting? yeah, yeah, on my phone because I
1: can't watch it on the main TV because, She's you know, well, there's there's cannibalism. I've got small children. I can't okay. have them walk out oh, and yeah. see cannibalism.
7: So they're in the bed as well? <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: I can't watch it on my big TV in the lounge room. Okay. I've also got oh, my father-in-law right. staying. It's a high-pressure situation
5: at the moment. There's a lot of trouble
7: at both households.
5: <laughs> you, you know what I think you know is more annoying? His voice.
7: Yeah, yeah.
2: Right he's voice. very drone. Yeah, he's, well, he's yes. I'm
5: going to eat your heart. It, no, <laughs> yeah. That's cool how that he sounds. That one
2: where he put his I, head yeah. on the guy's heart and listened to his heartbeat, he said, "I can hear, I can hear your heartbeat." beat <laughs> he said, and I'm going to eat it. And yes. I was like, oh. oh, god! Now, the one I really want to get into, gentlemen, you're right there, Alex. You got shivers up and down your spine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cooper is on his way to Hamilton Island. He's telling me he's meeting a friend there uh, he went to school with. I don't know about that. Should single men go to uh, holiday destinations, which are basically honeymooners, right? It's a little wedding crashes to me. Uh,
5: I think it reeks of a desire for an older lady. <laughs> older woman, maybe. Yes. That's no. what it, that's my read on it, or have I overread that? Well, <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, his
2: father married an older woman.
7: <laughs> well, uh, no, I've, uh, I'm just going to catch up with a mate, Webby. Um Go to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Well, I'm going to the Gold Coast afterwards.
6: Yeah. Uh, now, well.
2: hang, hang on a second, because you've got form in this department, right? Uh, a few years ago, while all everyone else was going to New York or Mexico, let's have a talk through what you and Harry and Tui Kamakamitha did.
7: Okay. Well, it was me and Harry. Me, uh, me Harry went over to to meet Tui's family, and uh, we were asking Tui. Obviously, he's from Fiji, uh, in case you didn't know that. And um, he told us a nice hotel to go to, uh, down the Coral Coast when we uh, went to sort of port our way. Uh, it was actually like really far. We wanted something close. It was about two and a half hours away, and it was a honeymooners resort. So he couldn't leave really. So we were stuck for a week uh, at a honeymooners resort. And it was actually embarrassing. We were the youngest people there probably by 20 years. Uh, the the youngest person to us was actually Justin Hodges and his family. <laughs> <laughs> Who caught us, me and Harry having a drink at the pool bar. And uh, he was pretty uncomfortable seeing us there. He, I, I think he got the wrong idea about me. <laughs> <laughs> <You'd come. laughs>
6: oh. Which, actually,
4: me and my missus went to Fiji for like probably a week, you know, honeymoon, all that kind of Well, not honeymoon, but similar-ish kind of thing. The whole week we were in the pool. And there was kids everywhere, and we we're like, we're very young. Like, well, there's no other young couples. Literally, the last day we found this like the actual adult pool, and that's where all the young couples were. So the whole time we've been playing around, oh, all the kids and all that. the kids, <laughs> <drinking>. You're
2: basically <laughs> swimming in urine yeah. the whole time. <laughs> right? What about the time we went? Well, you don't think adults piss in the pool? Yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> Probably more when you sit there and bar, everyone's sitting in the pool, pool bars, bar. Too. Yeah, uh, we went to Fiji. I reckon about 15 years ago. And there was an incident. There was the guy who ran like the kids' club, uh, Moses. He got there and he, we were playing game of touch football. And he said, "Guys, we'd I'd love you to take around to where we live, the village." And he said, "Come over for dinner." So we said, "Yeah, goodness go, Moses, you're a champ." What we'll do is, he goes, "I'll get the carver. You go get the food, like the chicken and everything, mate. Great deal." So we're in, we're in, inside in the house and we're having a carver ceremony. All of a sudden, outside the village area, I just hear this hysterical laughter. And I walk out, and Cooper is running around with zero clothes on.
7: And, <laughs> and let's just clarify: the laughter wasn't because it was small, it was because it, they hadn't seen anything like this. Before. <laughs> <laughs> have you,
2: have you, gentlemen? Oh, you've been to Fiji. Have yep. you been to Fiji? No, wedding? I haven't actually. Oh, it's
5: the people. It's, it's
4: awesome. They genuinely like everyone comes away and says, "Oh, the locals were the nicest ever." I'm telling you, the Fijian people could not be more just welcoming. It's incredible. incredible.
2: What about the time Cooper walking down and we're with a neighbour of ours, uh, Flukey, Tony Fluke, shout out. Uh, his daughter gets married tomorrow. Anyway, bye bye. Anyway, we're walking past and Flukey's about 20 years older than me, you know, so he's, uh, he's about uh, 45. And uh, so we're walking through and Flukey's one of these gregarious characters. and the Fijian, they got a Fijian band that are playing at the, at the front. Anyway, Flukey went over and he said, uh, hey, boys, any chance of playing some Elvis Presley? And they sort of just looked at him. Like, Flukey goes, oh, mate, i yeah, better throw on my bones. So he gave them 20 bucks. Well, every single time we walk past, they just break into... <laughs> 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 every time. Uh, Cooper, have a good time at the Hamilton Island, mate. Thanks. Before we, before we go, you told me a story, right? We're not going to mention... Anyone's name, okay. About the um, grandmother who was passing, and one of her final words, what she had to say. We're not going to talk about who it was,
7: okay. Yeah. do re- uh, I heard tell, you tell it before. You yeah. To tell it again. Yeah, I just want. Well, yeah. she was laying there on the uh, on the bed, and uh, it was the week before the uh, Penrith Eels grand final, and her last words were, "Back, Stephen Crichton, first try score into Penrith thirteen plus, paying twenty six dollars. That is oh, the
5: greatest no. story I've ever heard. Ended
7: one. She had, uh, I think she had, you know, one foot in the doorway. She got a message, she passed it on. Pretty good. Wow. That's good. You're welcome. Anyway, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Dad.
2: good on you, mate. Fantastic. We had your brother in two weeks ago? Two weeks. Two weeks ago. Mm. He's yeah. awkward. But, we'll put it yeah. this way you, know, you, you, you weren't as good as your brother, but you're 10
7: times better than your uncle.
2: <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah. Yeah.
7: I'm going to go back out and steal more stuff from the office. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> we'll take a break. Uh,
2: we've got Bathurst giveaway next. Yes, and uh, we're going to have a yarn about, we've got a uh, Bathurst giveaway, uh, and it's brought to you by uh, Barbecues Galore. Become a barbecue legend this barbecue season with Barbecues Galore. Shop online and in-store now. Benny, what is the giveaway? Mate, we're going to give away uh, a
1: couple of $50 vouchers to Vic's Meats, sourced from the most premium and reputable sources for a first-class experience. I've been there. It's amazing. It's really, really good. That's fancy. How do they get the Fancy meat. How do they win? Uh mate, just text in and what what we're gonna do, like we've already got a couple of great texts in today, but um in the second and third hour of the show we're gonna yep. uh we're gonna just choose our favourites and flick out some uh fifty dollar vouchers so you can eat some barbecue this weekend. Now
2: I've never been to Bathurst. Mm. But I will have been to mm. Bathurst, but I haven't been when the uh yeah, you know, when the cars are on. Yep. Um Cars, supercars. Uh how is it? How's the experience? It's
1: it's a it's an incredible experience. I'm like I'm not a massive supercars fan, but I was raised on Bathurst. My dad is a huge car man, yep. um, and if you've been there, it's a real spiritual place. Bathurst during Bathurst weekend, like it's apart from the carnage up on the hill, it is an incredible place to go. Many drunk people.
5: Uh, there's a
1: few beers floating around. <laughs> are,
5: they, are they still burying cartons of beer in the? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do they still do that.
1: And yeah, and this is a, and this is a sort of, like people have been so up on top drunk. of that mountain now for weeks. Get in the Whoa, best lady. spot. Oh, yeah! Really? Oh, yeah! We're camping out up the top. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh, like a full. It's a city up there. And if you've been up there, I went up there once um, when I watched Channel Seven with uh, Tommy Williams, and he was he had to go up
2: there and do a bit of coverage. Oh, oh nothing. Nothing surpasses Bathurst <laughs> like Tom Williams. Yeah. So you can you can
1: imagine the you can imagine the Holden fans <laughs> well, on top of the hill. Well, It's, Tom it's, it's, it's you, Holden, <laughs> the last top of the
5: Holden badge. Oh, yeah. Yes.
4: I'd love to sponsor a car, eh? You know, one thing I watched last year. Is like, I don't think there's a single beer sponsor. It's all like spirits and that. And I was like, the beer consumption would be massive. I'm pretty sure. I can
2: see it happening with those those beautiful brown (laughs) and yellow colours, mate. I'm pretty sure. I'm the town as we know.
5: Actually, on that note, have you noticed Victor Radley brought out a beer this week? Did he really? Victor the Inflictor. He tagged me in it. To help yeah. to share, it,
2: to oh. share it. So the beer is Victor the Inflictor? Yeah. It's got the Inflictor. Oh, yeah. Is it a, Am I the only person who
1: doesn't have their own beer is it an
4: English? <laughs> is it an
1: English sort of, you know, like English pale ale? ale? Pale oh. ale. I yeah. think it's yeah. a pale ale. I think
4: there were two different types. Uh, the Inflictor. So it's on his Instagram. I shared it in my story. Love that he's doing that. I love that the players are just getting more business savvy because that's where the real money is. It's one thing that when I was playing, I'd, I remember the thoroughbred us down to the Broncos. Like oh, yeah. together they were worth billions, literally. And when I, this was, like, when I was 18, and they basically just gave us a stern talking to, like, guys, you, you think you're killing it, rah, rah. He's, like, we could buy this club and sack every single one of you. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's the truth, for one. It also put us in our place. It, but also, it just made me realize, oh, actually, if you want longevity and, a, and continue to live this standard that you're living, you need to start creating business while you're yeah. playing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Bathurst
2: will be great. Um, boys, talking about uh, people and the money, Cameron Munster, four-year deal. Were, Webby, were you mildly mildly surprised? Oh, wasn't. At I wasn't. I reckon,
5: I reckon the talk's been, what are you laughing at over there? <laughs>
4: that was probably the worst segment in
5: history in the
6: show. That was great. was a good point. No, I um, love the fact that you
5: see? bagged the Thoroughbreds, which are a really ultra-rich <laughs> group that supports
2: the Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> hey, I could sack all of you guys right now, mate. Maybe they <laughs> will. <laughs> <laughs> <Make> <laughs>
5: everyone okay. I'm, not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, I'm actually not surprised. I am surprised that they... Like after what was the initial offer seven fifty a year? They they managed to find one point one a mm-hmm. year, so. a um, big blow to the Dolphins. It is a massive blow to
2: the Dolphins. Cool. Are you concerned, boys, about the Dolphins? I've got growing concerns. I'm
4: absolutely concerned. I will say though, if you're Mitchell Moses or Dylan Brown, you're sitting there going, "Thank you, Cam Munster. I've got yeah. a player in the market now that can push my value up." I will say, I just. I can never back negatively against the Storm. I thought Cam Munster was 100% gone. I thought there's I no did. way he's staying. Yep. And once again, the Storm, just find a way to get it done every yeah. time. Incredible stuff by the Storm to keep Munster.
5: I think the longer it went on, the more it suggested to me he was going to stay. Really? I really did. I, and, it, and the talk had been that they were quite confident, Melbourne, of keeping him uh, in the last couple of months. I can't believe it dragged. I still, I don't want to harp on about it, but it's insane that we had to talk about Cameron Munster's contract all, all throughout this season. year about what he's going to do in 24. And that he, is, the he, NRL have to deal with that and the bunker. They're the two things that need to be addressed in the um, off season.
2: What are your expectations? What is a successful season for the Dolphins next
5: year? Gentlemen, is it not in the bottom four? Yeah, for yeah. me, mm. I think they'll be all right. I just they're not going to get the big sugar hit that, that you yeah, know and, and, the, and success that they thought they would with Bennett being the coach. Well, I mean, I
4: look at their roster and I would say it's probably a better roster than you know uh, yeah. the Tigers, probably yeah. better than the Warriors, uh, the Knights at the moment. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's not like their roster yeah. is so. It was just. You, what the expectations yeah. were. Their marquee signing was
2: Wayne. Mm. And yeah. They thought all the players were Well, that's follow.
4: that's what I wanted to ask is, has Wayne lost a bit of his magic? <sighs> Ooh, mm. would make a
2: good book. Good, oh, <laughs> coming out soon, Ooh. just in time for Christmas. <laughs> Coincidence, that.
6: Yeah. take a break.
2: <laughs> rev it up next. And it is time to rev it up. Oh, yeah. Adventure begins with a uh, ride on a Harley-Davidson test ride. One now at Harley Heaven, Blacktown and Tempe. G'day to everyone out there at Blacktown. And uh, Tempe. Went out to Tempe a few years ago. Great showroom. It was good. It, it was great. Yeah, it was last there. year. Webby? Yeah, last year. God, time goes slow. <laughs> the COVID situation yes. has just thrown me completely yeah. up. Nonetheless, um, Webby, I'm going to pass the baton to you here.
5: I gave money to a homeless person yesterday. Okay, now
2: after the break.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and you know what he did? What? You know what he did? He goes, and he was a little bit in a mind-affected state, mm. and he goes, he gave me the fist pump, and he goes, Jesus loves you. Damn. If I'm going to give you $4.20, I don't want your Old Testament ideology <laughs> rammed down my throat. <laughs> just take the money <laughs> well, that's, and use it. You're stepping <laughs> up
2: as far as uh, drifters are concerned. Yeah, absolutely. had some trouble in the past.
5: So. They haven't been <laughs>
2: learned from the past. We'll yeah. uh, take a break and talk Rugby League World Cup next. Sound advice later on. We're, uh, Jack Johns is going to uh, cover off the Listen to that Cooper Johns and Jack Johns. Uh, nepotism. Culture of nepotism here at SEN. You should be a a para-coach. We've got... Oh, I will you're playing the grand final next round. Are you going to get Gary Johns
5: on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sober up,
2: guys. Stay sober for another half an hour. We'll get you on. Super Tramp. Breakfast in America. Was it your father-in-law requested? Yeah,
1: my father-in-law is staying with us at the moment. He's had major spinal surgery and he's been on me for the past six months. Hey, Ben, can you do Super Tramp? He yeah. is a diehard of this show. This is, is to it up in Armadale on the on the work site. Yeah. And he's going, Super Tramp, mate. In yeah. to... So, <coughs> Super, super tramp. tramp.
5: You know what? Super my mum's the same. My dad's she's the... Super Tramp. <laughs> 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 she'll be listening oh. she'll be oh. Devastated. Oh. Oh. Uh, you're not, Sue. Uh, <laughs> my old man's... Lovely My one. old man's there nodding in the background. <laughs> no, my old man said to me the other day, he said, you're, this is the highlight of your mother's week. Really? I said, Dad, oh, that's no. more an indictment on you. Oh. <laughs> Guys, thank you sh- for your low standards.
2: Rugby <laughs> uh, League World Cup. Before we talk about um, the Aussie team and some of the contenders, it's going to be a great World Cup. The number system. Guys, what... What... Uh, firstly... I don't think it should be um, the tournament have made it that you have basically a tournament number. I don't like that. I think you earn the six jersey, you earn the seven jersey, but the spin that Australia have taken on it is just—I I cannot get my head around it. I think it's crazy.
4: I think it is people trying to be forward-thinking, or they look at American sports, or uh, it is crazy to me that such a honoured tradition in the game that didn't need to be changed. They're not going to make more money doing this. If anything, I actually think they're going to sell less jerseys with kind of stuff, with the numbers on the back. Like, to just do away with tradition that is so special, to throw the six jersey on. You were speaking off air about how, you know, I'll get you to speak it, obviously.
2: Well, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. When you got a starting jersey, it really meant something. Like, I was lucky, and I do mean I was lucky, to play eight (laughs) tests, right? And most of them, those jerseys... about five of them that are number 14, 16, number eighteen, number seventeen, but I've got three that are number six, mm. and they're the special ones because they're the, thats the starting jersey. You're wearing the number six, the same jersey that Wally Lewis, Brett Kenny wore, you know. You've which means you've beaten Fitler, Laurie Daly, um, you know, Chalk Mundine. sore point with Chalk, <laughs> uh, Kevin Walters. You've beaten those guys to wear mm. that jersey, and when you get thrown that jersey. You just go, oh, my God. Mm. And even when you look at it, like, you know, I've I, well, we get we used to bill it over when the boys were at school. I'd get drunk and give them an Australian jersey, <laughs> which I'd go, oh, my God, can I take it back? Uh, but when you look at those ones, they're starting, they are special. They're the ones you put in a frame. So, it's, yeah, it's,
5: so so Troy Grant, the chair of um of the International Federation, who used to be the Racing Minister of New South Wales, he said the squad number, this is what he said on Twitter a few days ago, the squad numbers isn't a kangaroo decision; it's a Rugby World Cup decision, tournament arrangement. Given there's 20 nations competing over different competition, it assists greatly with player identification across the tournament, broadcasting a- logistics, and cost issues. It's a team sheet. What's that, what happened to a team? When's it, it's never been that case. Latrell before. Mitchell
2: is going to be wearing number eight, right? See, and this is for the for the a person watching the game with fresh eyes, never seen it before. Okay, it's not going to make any difference here. For the real diehard like us, right? Uh, I, I, I hate it, but I'm going to know who Regan campbell Gillie. I know what position he plays and whatnot. But the person who is the fringe, you know, rugby league person, who likes the sport, doesn't watch it a lot, but says, you know, I'm going I'm to watch the World Cup because Stray Australia playing. They'll be going, I'm sorry, particularly because side uh, players sort of interchange and move in field these days. Mm. They'll be going, who is that and what position does he play? But
5: even if we're like, if, like, I couldn't tell you the... Like the the fringe players who were playing for Greece, no, you know it's that's that, that's that's confusing as well. But it's uh, yeah. it's you know it is it's bureaucracy going yeah. mad. It's on un- un- australian just, I'd understand. I'm, I'm stormlight. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd understand maybe maybe at club level, and you've got this superstar that wants to wear the twenty three number, and you're going to sell more jerseys with twenty three on the back because he's yeah. a superstar. But you still get that with the seven and the one and two. Matter of fact, oh, you get man. that more because you've got the history of the number. Over and the Denon,
6: years.
2: like, you know, that's and that's another sport. The 23 is special in basketball. Mm. And, you know, in other sports, they choose to wear it. You know, that's great. Murray Tulalangi, he'll, he'll be happy. You know, he's mm. the 23 when he comes out there. But in rugby league, the special jersey is when you, if you're a halfback, you're wearing the seven. seven. <sighs> you're wearing the seven. Daly Cherry Evans will be wearing number two. You know,
5: like, it just... Rigging campbell Gillard, I think Crazy. I don't know, you know. But if it's... Isaiah lo- Young, number 24. But if it's I logistics, I don't understand no, how... Don't. It's, if, if anything, it's going to confuse people. It's
2: our whinge, anyway, people. But this is going to be... This will be a great World Cup. Uh, because, I mean, I think what symbolises it is how good the opening game's going to be. It is England versus Samoa. And it is a game that in previous World Cups it hasn't been a headliner, where now it is. England, I think England... Um, given the way the draw is set up, there's a real chance that Samara Tonga could play in the World Cup final. I think England are in trouble this first game. I think um, oh. I think they're in a lot of trouble. I, I think that Samara, a lot of those players coming straight off a uh, semi-final series, some of them a grand final, they'll be primed.
5: I also think, um, I don't want to bring it back to gambling, but I think in the market, Samara are $1. seventy favourites.
2: Yeah, they are. Mm. And shortening up Who every, would ever have thought day. that? Amazing.
5: That those who would like, oh, I I actually think New Zealand are the big the big Smokies. I they're the best. Well, they're. I mean, in terms of Samoa and Tonga, if you look at those squads, like they're great. they have both got great squads. My only problem is in the halves. Yeah, they just seem to lack yeah. a bit of depth there. Uh, but but New Zealand have got Hughes and um and Brown. Well, what they find a big forward pack. What they've they're got be able to beat.
2: What New Zealand have got is they've played quite a bit together. Uh, and recently they played the test against Tonga and they didn't miss a beat because all those players like to play the same sort of game. So Madge hasn't, isn't going to have to spend a lot of time getting continuity, right? They're familiar with each each other and how they like to play with the Aussie side. When you look at it, it's a bit of a mismatch of ideas, if that makes sense. It's a big challenge for Mel. I mean, you look at the New Zealand side, right? The pack. Tarpany, Fisher-Harris, Moses-Leota. Beast. What, what yeah, beast. what a beast. What a final series he had. Nelson of Solomona, JWH, Brinton and Cora, underrated player, the Bromwich brothers, and cheese. Then you've got Ronaldo, Jerome Hughes, Manu, Hiku, Dylan Brown. Man, it's a it's a red-hot side. I, I think
4: I agree. Like I think uh, New Zealand absolutely a value. I'm surprised that Australia is such big favourites. I will say the one thing I think Australia does have over every other squad is their depth. If they yeah, get any injuries, yeah, they are yeah. going to be super strong. Whereas yeah. I feel like, <laughs> one, one for example, one half goes down in that Kiwi side, mm. then yeah. all of a sudden. So if they can keep the, their you know 1-17 on the field for the entire thing, I would still have Australia favourite, but I would have Kiwis like right, right there. Now, I will say with Tonga just quickly, yep. I'm pretty sure it's Tonga, apologies if it's not, Katoa, he got signed to the Dolphins. Yep. He actually won, they won the, the Jersey flag or, and he came up and played New South Wales Cup as well. He's essentially the next big thing in the halves. He's yeah. incredible. So he may be one to watch in the yeah. halves there.
2: Um, the Australian side, one thing, another thing we'll get, you know, we have got, in my opinion, the best player in the world at the moment. However... Now has got a big decision to make around him. Is it? Because, look, I, I don't think it's a big decision. I, I, I do not think it's a big decision. Like, if, if they'd have picked an Australian side the week after the Origin Series, I'd say DCE, yeah. the halfback. Yeah, uh, The incumbent had a great so- series. New South Wales didn't win. However, the run that Nathan has had at the back end of the year through the final series, in my opinion, he's got to be picked. Um, but it is so similar to the 94 Kangaroo Tour where Alfie was the incumbent, Ricky won the grand final, had a great final series. 82, Brett Kenny ahead of Wally. It's the biggest decision that Mal's got to make. If they pick Cleary, the Queenslanders will go ballistic. Uh, if they go DCE, everyone, not like everyone down here, we're going, mate, is he insane? Mm. It's, a, it's a tough one for Mal. remember
5: they 91. Went, they, went, they went with Alfie and Wally for the first test. Yep. And then they went with Cliffy Lyons and Ricky Yep. in the second one. Um, <clears throat> It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I would have had DC in penciled in every day of the week, yeah. but as you said, Nathan's form in the last three games of the season were just out of sight. See, I, I, it's hard I, to deny. I wouldn't
4: it. like that specifically after that Origin series. I, I would have said DC only because his experience beat Cleary, but like one game out of what three years now, yeah. it's Cleary's time. Yeah. Give him a yeah, side. Let's and move DC, And DC's
2: back end of the year, he was caught up with that yeah. complete mess yeah. at Manly which I think will affect him. For sure. Other people will point and go, but hang on a second, what about combinations? Because you've got Harry Grant and you've got Mm. Ben Hunt, you've got Munster at six, you know, DC fits in there. But by the same token, you've got Nathan Cleary, Isaiah. You'd think, you know, Mal's come out and said they've got to compete for the jersey, but you think it'll be Cleary.
5: I don't know. I reckon the way Mal's picked that, like it's a very Queensland heavy team, Mm. you know? And I reckon I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went with Cherry.
2: I, I do love the, I do love a lot of the young guys. He's, he's picked
6: mm.
2: Carrigan, Tulangi, Nenai. I mean, there's a lot of competition there in the back row. Liam Martin deserves his spot. I like Burton. I love Ruben Cotter being picked. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, uh, I,
4: yeah. I just I can't get past this. It has to be clearer. We have to move forward. Like we have to move forward and give him this side so that he can begin building his combinations. Because let's say we put off another year. Then the next time we're going in, oh, well, actually, he doesn't have the combinations with Munster. Yep. It's his time. DC, he's incredible. And if he play, outplays Cleary, then obviously he gets, he's get the shot. But I think and it's Cleary's time. It's
2: going to be a great World Cup to see how much further the Pacific nations have continued Advanced. to emerge. Last World Cup, it was Tonga. I think Tonga will maintain. Uh, Samoa, some, some I think, will be the Tonga of this World Cup. But, it, mate, Fiji, every time I see them play, they improve. PNG and G goes without saying. Cook Island's got a pretty strong squad. How,
5: just how would how would Mal approach that conversation with the two halfbacks, or would he have no conversation at all?
2: I think I think he would have a conversation. I think he would sit them down and just go, "Boys, it's up for grabs." I think that's I think that's what he would just say. It's up for grabs. I, I think in those there's a couple of games they have got. They got Italy and they got Scotland. You know, one of those will get a start in those games, and he'll, he'll make up his mind from there. Yeah. I just think but it's like, not going to be much of a guide, isn't it? Against no, those... I think
4: about how crazy it is. We are questioning the back-to-back seven, yeah. Premiership half, whether he should be the Australian half yeah. against DCE. Made a prelim last year, and they didn't win the make the finals this year. I, I, yeah. I, I, I honestly, clear. I would be going. I would be going at the start saying Cleary, it's your jersey. Your jersey. DC, DC. So you got you got to get it off. You. Exactly. That's that's in my opinion. DC still an incredible player, but we got such a bright future with Cleary. there. incredible future.
2: Now talking about a bright future. After the break, a sci-fi film for movie of the week: Total Recall. Yeah, brought to you by Barbecues Galore. Become a barbecue legend this barbecue season with Barbecues Galore. Shop online and in store now. Uh, Benny, time to a uh, bit of a Bathurst giveaway. Yeah,
1: we're we'll giving away $50 vouchers from Vix Meats, sourced from most premium and reputable sources for a first class experience. And uh, we just saw this text that came through from Lee saying, um, Why didn't they have the Dragon's Prezzo at Paul Vaughan's house? The whole team would have showed up. And, oh, you
2: know,
6: oh, very, Z- very, well very good. And you've got gear.
2: Perfect for Vic's meat yeah, as well. Exactly, exactly. And at the end of the night, you can just hide under the
5: bed. <laughs>
2: Perfect. On that note, it's time for movie of the week. <laughs> just keep it going, boys. We're on fire today. Oh, sorry, that was, that was on Mike. Uh, now last week it was Mad Max. Today we go back to the Arnie well and focus on his nineteen ninety. Sci-fi classic, Total Recall. Ah!
6: Doug, honey, you wouldn't hurt me, would you, sweetheart? Be reasonable. After all, we're married.
1: Consider that a divorce.
6: (laughs) (laughs) What a bitch!
2: (laughs) There it is, Liam Alexander. Welcome, pal. Morning, guys. How you going? Uh, spotted out and about last night. Where were you, Liam?
8: Oh, no, I was, um,
6: where was I last night?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, that says it um, all, mate. No, I wasn't anywhere. Ah, right, okay. It's funny, because I just said to the boys, we've had about, we've had three big sessions in the last two weeks, you and I. Oh, yeah, I know, it's the end of season. Yeah, I know, it's a lot of fun though, mate. No, <laughs> Liam, this is such a stereotypical Larnie film. It's got the one-liners, the machismo, the muscle, and lots yeah. of cheese. But I love it.
8: Yeah, I actually think Total Recall might be up there as one of his best movies. I think it's one of his best performances as well because he plays a bit more of a um, a vulnerable hero rather than the sort of um, unstoppable action god that we usually see him as. I mean, for a large majority of this movie, is confused and doesn't even doesn't even know who he is, but. Mm. He does scream a lot, and he, he kills a ton of people as well. Yeah, which is important.
2: Um,
6: maybe,
8: yeah.
2: maybe, maybe this is just my monkey brain again, but this movie and Running Man, do they get sort of lost in each other a little bit?
8: I think so. I think this is a better movie than Running Man, though. I think this is based on a Philip K. Dick short story like Blade Runner was, and I think I think the, the script and some of the ideas in this movie about Memory and sort of virtual reality, I think, are a bit more um, uh, media than Running Man. I think Running Man is a bit more of a a mindless action movie. Uh,
2: Before we get into the various parts and the trivia around the movie, the plot, people who haven't seen it.
8: Yeah, so it's set in the far future, and Arnie plays this construction worker called Doug Quaid. Um, Quaid is like a bit dissatisfied with his life, so. He goes in to have this virtual reality vacation to Mars at this place called Recall. And they basically discover that he has a chip in his brain that makes him come to believe that his current life is a lie and his his memory's been wiped. So he basically heads off to the now colonized Mars to find out basically who he is and who planted the chip and uh, basically gets reeled into this big uh, conspiracy.
2: Uh, Benny?
8: And that's it. Mm. These uh, in and
2: around this film. End.
8: Well, it's... Um, the yeah. end. Uh, it was
1: in development for over a decade, and one of the writers was Dan O'Bannon, and apparently they were trying to get it made and wasn't really happening. So Dan, Dan O'Bannon, for the people out there, he went, oh, well, I'll go do something else instead, and went and wrote the screenplay for a little movie called Alien. Wow. Mm. So he sort of star rose very quickly, but then they came back, obviously came back to Total Recall.
2: Yeah. Well, I tell you, it costs $55 million made. Almost two hundred and seventy million. How yeah. was it received, Liam?
8: Yeah, that was. Some of the reviews were a little bit mixed, but um, they all agreed that the visuals were outstanding. And our man Roger, uh, he actually gave it three and a half out of four. He was one of the more positive reviews. He he praised Arnie for sort of playing against type, and um, yeah, I think I think the reviews were like okay at the time, but I think over time it's been more appreciated. Um, Especially now, I think the Empire did a, I think a top fifty sci-fi movies, and it was it was like thirty five or something. So I think it's renowned now as a great great sci-fi film.
5: I, I remember when this movie came out, it won a special achievement award for visual effects mm. at the Academy Awards, which yep. is very rare. Because I remember at the time, it was like, as a kid when it came, well, sort of not so much a kid but a teenager when mm. it came out, going. Blowing everyone's mind with the special effects, this is, and also how hot Sharon Stone was. This like. is a yeah. trans- like she is stunning in it. <laughs> no, yes, you reckon she is? Um, this is a transi-
1: The transition film from old to new when it came to special
5: effects.
3: This right. is where all. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what I love
5: about these movies that are cast in the future? Like when you watch them now, like a, like so there was a big ad for Fuji film on the in the, in yeah, the yeah. background. You think how wrong you are. Like yes. there's, the next, there's going to be no place for film. No. In the and future. I
2: think with Judge Dredd, it was all Taco Bell. Yeah. have just, congratulations, just come back into the country. And there's
5: another, <laughs> oh, there's another little one where they say, and the fifth game of the World Series, live from Tokyo. <laughs> yeah,
4: wow. Hey, uh, Liam, uh, Beak here. Just a quick question in regards to Schwarzenegger. Initially, I think he was considered inappropriate for the role because it had, I guess, um, analysed themes of author- authoritarianism oh, yeah. and colonialism. And I guess, do you think this was a a chance for Arnold Schwarzenegger to go into maybe more serious films to a degree? I know it still has its cheese or whatever, but he kind of took the opposite direction and just kept going straight down the the cheesy kind of action flick.
8: Yeah, it's interesting as well because the the original short story, I think, because uh, like Benny was saying, the script had been going around for so long. It was I think it took sixteen years for it to get made, so there are a lot of actors attached to it. And the producers initially, like Arnie, was thrown up very early on, but they they were really against it because the character was originally uh, an office accountant, so they couldn't see him playing mm-hmm. that role. But once I think the movie fell apart when Patrick Swayze was involved, they were like eight million into making Hell, it, oh, so they had to they had to sell the rights back to TriStar, and Arnie basically picked it up and said, "I want to do this movie," but. You're gonna to have to rewrite it. So they rewrote it. So he was a construction worker, not an office accountant. And they basically, like you said, they they actioned it up a bit. They got rid of a lot of the the um, more subtle things and tailored it to how how he could perform. And mm. I think it works to an extent. But I would have liked to see that other version. But mm. the movie has been remade as well, so mm. we'll maybe it's to better it. just uh, we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Stick to how it is.
1: Uh, Now, during the week, boys, Liam came running up to me at at Fox Sports and goes, mate, have you read about what happened to the crew on the set? Because they filmed this in Mexico. So, Liam, I'll let you tell this story. What happened to all the crew members during the filming?
8: Yeah, so it was a renowned, like, awful production because every one of the crew members apparently felt ill to food poisoning except for Arnie because Arnie was getting his food imported from the U.S. So... Even towards the end of the production, yeah, apparently the director was so sick that he'd have an an ambulance on set at all times with paramedics basically
2: administering him fluids so he could keep directing the movie. Oh, man. Man, that's that's awful. I'd say it would have been a certain smell on set. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of of paper and uh, a chamois. Uh, Liam, there are people who are born to play villains. I got Michael Ironside... In this is fantastic. He is certainly one yeah. of them. Yeah, hundred percent.
8: He plays it so well. There's a lot of like. Who was he? Strange.
2: He
1: was the head um, henchman. Oh, he gets his arms chopped off in the elevator. Yeah, you know who it is.
5: He, yeah, he Jester from Top Gun. Jared's... He was Jester. It Jester's is, dead. It is.
2: <laughs>
5: so it was Jester funny. from Top Gun. Yeah.
2: Oh man. Yeah. 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 Great chat. Um, what a mistake! Mr- <laughs> hey boys, could I say this? The 2012 no. version. Colin Farrell. Now, I like Colin Farrell, mm, but I think he's found yeah. his niche in movies like The Gentleman. Yeah. Yeah, you know, where he sort of um yeah, self-deprecating. Uh, Just my mind. I have got monkey brains. <laughs> yeah. But where he sort of, you know, he takes the piss out of himself. Actually, intelligent bit. films. Yeah, yeah, intelligent films, of course. <laughs> um, but this one, Liam, what a mistake to redo yeah. this and how they did it.
8: Yeah. I, I saw about half of it um, – when it came out back in 2012, and it was just—it's it, a very bland, um, run-of-the-mill action movie. And I think, I think what makes Total Recall so good, even though we were talking about Arnie being like sticking to cheese, but Arnie is the movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, like Colin Farrell, he's he's a great actor, even though, like you said, in some action movies, he, he, he doesn't really do much, but. I think Arnie sort of is the movie in a yeah. lot of ways. And I think just, just putting another actor in there, it obviously didn't work.
2: Liam, I've got a theory of movies. I reckon a lot of really movies that are, appeal to the male audience is that the, that you know a person is like you know, a, a, a gun or a great fighter or something like that, but all the characters mm. in the movie don't. I use the example mm. in, in Warrior. With Tom Hardy, remember at the start yeah. of the where he's hitting the bag, and he goes, yeah. you know, The guy goes, "I'll come in," and I, you know, and it was, and you go, "I know what's about to happen here." This guy doesn't know that this guy, yeah, yeah. and I think that's what you get a little bit with Arnie in these movies. Mm. That Colin Farrell yeah. can't deliver, yeah. Action stars, like, li- action stars,
1: are action stars for a reason, and that's-
4: they're believable. You could see if they were to really get in a fight in real life that they'd. About ahead of themselves kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
5: It helps when aunties build like a brick shit house. Yes, that does help exactly. a little bit.
2: Exactly. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do before we give our score of the
5: home, we're going to take a
2: break and after the break, five to one movies that should never have been made on the back of uh, this. But out of a uh, hundred, Liam?
5: No, I'm going to go
8: 85. It was way better than I remember it being. I actually really enjoyed it
5: exactly the number that came into my head at the same time. That's funny. Me as well.
2: Great lines for July. 84.
8: Mm. Yeah. 80, 80, 86. This is a
4: classic.
2: Yeah. Grow <laughs> up on this. I, honestly, 13 plus Stephen Crichton. We'll take a break <laughs> and uh, we'll do the five to one next. Now, we just did Total Recall. Uh, of course, 1990 film Arnold Schwarzenegger. Got remade in 2012 with Colin Farrell. It just, it was a bludger. It really was so Boys today 5 to 1 worst movie remakes of all time uh Liam lead off for us mate
8: All right so Get Carter the original 1971 British gangster movie with Michael Caine they remade it in 2000 with none other than Sylvester Stallone playing Jack Carter mm. with Mickey Rourke as his um his buddy it was a it was a huge bomb it lost 40 million at the box office and you just can't you can't have Stallone playing a Michael Caine character, I don't think. Yeah.
5: Forty mil. Wow.
8: Yeah, that was
1: yeah. my that was my money too. I saw it at the film. Okay.
5: I got one. Ben Hur. Oh,
6: so in eleven yeah. it won
5: eleven Academy Awards in nineteen fifty nine. They remade it in 2016. So it wasn't bigger than Ben Hur. It wasn't even even bigger (laughs) than Ben Cummins. Yes. (laughs) Bigger than Ben Cousins. Cummins. Cummins Cousins. Yeah. Not even bigger than Ben Cousins. (laughs) Uh, uh,
4: Mine would have to be the Ocean's remake. It was an absolute shambles. Turned a great fun film into just derivative nonsense.
1: Mm. Ooh, Ooh. Uh, My number five is Robocop. Uh, oh, yeah. Paul Verhoeven, who directed Total Recall, also directed the classic, 80s classic, Robocop.
2: Yeah, right. I've, uh, gone, I've gone Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. I mean, Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka, family-friendly, charming masterpiece, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp's uh, turd on a, shag, a shagpole carpet. It was just <laughs> so they, they
1: messed with the Oompa Loompas. I oh, know. That was the best part of the movie. Leave yeah.
2: the Oompa Loompas alone, guys. <laughs> Free the Oompa Loompas. Yes. Number four, Liam. Um, for me, Ghostbusters, the
8: 2016 remake. Um, a lot has been said about that movie. Like the optimist in me can see maybe the intent behind it, but it, it, it just didn't work at all and should never have
2: happened. Yeah. That was a howler. No, and people were willing it. Like the people going, oh, yeah, it's good.
6: <laughs> and go, oh, in that voice. In that voice. Yeah, it's, oh, no, it's well looked. You should
2: go and see it. It's, it's really good. And you're going, no, it's not. You
5: know what? Because I find Kate McKinnon hilarious on Saturday Night Live. But she was tarnishing yeah. in that movie. Yeah, it, was. Yeah. Yeah. it was bad. Yeah. Okay, four. Uh, Kernan the Barbarian. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
6: With yes. Jason
5: Momoa. Oh, yeah. Momoa. Yeah. Momoa. No, Momoa. It's, Momoa. it's Momoa. It's Momoa. Mimosa? <laughs> Isn't it Momoa? Momoa. I just like I just look at him.
2: Momoa. <laughs> yeah, um, <I> right. <laughs> 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 what did you say, Wendy?
5: Momoa. Momoa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You just looked at him,
5: you said?
4: Ah, very good. (laughs) Uh, Mine would have to be Ghostbusters. What an absolute Barry Crocker of a film. There was no reason for it. I always believe a movie should be made if there's a purpose for it, and really it was no purpose.
2: I'm with Webby, Ben Hur, Yeah, Stinker. Stinker. I've gone for The Wiz. Wizard of Oz, (laughs) top ten most iconic films of all time. Someone decided... That it was a great idea to redo it and make Michael Jackson
6: the lead.
2: <laughs> it is so stinky; it's unbelievable. Number three, Liam,
8: um, the Mummy with Tom Cruise. They remade oh, the, oh, Brendan, so the Brendan Fraser movie is actually a pretty good action movie, and yeah, Tom Cruise's The Mummy just it, it it doesn't hit the right spots like
2: that one did. Mummy and Daddies, no. <laughs> uh, Psycho. Oh yeah. What? What? Oh, what, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Oh.
5: But it, like, so Gus Van Sant made it. Um yeah. But he made it almost identical,
1: what, scene like, for scene.
5: But why would you shot. try and make what? remake a,
2: a Hitchcock classic? I know. Oh, and get a comedy actor to play it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah. yeah.
4: Anyway. Uh, Charlie's Angels. I thought the original was fantastic. I thought it was. It's yeah, it was so ex- just an enjoyable watch. Whereas the second one, again, just what's, there was no point of it. There was nah. there was nothing was being added to the formula. No, nah. it didn't have the same. I don't know. Not yeah. good. Uh, my number
1: three. Uh, I grew up in the eighties watching Patrick Swayze and oh. Jennifer Grey in Red Dawn, oh. and then they oh. remade it with that Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, who can't act. And it was a stinker. Good arms, huh? What, think Great Chris, arms. do you think
5: Chris Hemsworth. Can we act? have this
1: conversation every time we bring up Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. He can't act.
2: Daily
5: He mail. looks. You he can looks like muscly. Great. Mm. You think Jake, you can't think, act? Well, hang on. Do you think Jason Momau can? <laughs>
2: <act>? <laughs> Convincing.
5: Uh, more, more than Chris Hemsworth. Yes.
2: I've got number three. Point Break. The original is yeah, iconic. Yeah. It gets. It get. It's got everything. You now Patrick Swa- Swayze, Al Swayze, and Keanu Reeves incredible together. Gary Busey is a god. The remake is pathetic. I don't even know the Palookas who are in it. I don't want mm. to know them. They're nobodies. <laughs> there <you go>. what? <laughs> <laughs> I've said it. Number two, Liam.
8: Um, I had The Shining, which was actually remade as a TV movie. It was interesting because Stephen King was behind the remake because I don't know if you guys know, he was very unhappy with how Kubrick made the original Shining, so... Stephen oh. King decided to make a TV version that was closer to his source material, and it is like horrifically bad. So, wow, I never it made, knew that. It made, I never knew that. Yeah, made Kubrick look like even more of a
2: genius. That's just saying that, you know, Stanley, I'm just really disappointed in you, mate, how you made that movie. I'm
5: just, <laughs> it's not that I'm
2: angry, I'm just disappointed.
5: <laughs> uh, I had uh, Point Break, too. I thought the 50 year swell was very unbelievable.
2: Yes. Yeah, point break for me
4: as well. It, it, that was a movie of the childhood. And it just, again, no pizzazz. You've got to have leads that can actually lead a movie. Yeah,
1: like,
2: I agree.
4: Terrible. I agree. My number two is Psycho.
2: Same as movie. My number two is Ghostbusters 2016. The original franchise, once again iconic, remake of Tragedy. Uh, number one, Liam? Number one is The
8: Wicked Man for me. The original oh, is very, very unsettling psychological thriller. And the the remake which <laughs> the third act nicolas cage is running around in a bear suit punching old ladies on the island <laughs> it is so
2: bad oh man nicolas, nicolas cage <laughs> love him love nicolas cage
5: i had i had ghostbusters too cuz it's yeah. gonna run on somewhere Look isn't it? you could uh, you
4: could argue technically this is not a remake but i'm going to have to say it cuz I'm just doing my head in rings of power lord of the rings shocker Barry oh, yes, yes, mate.
1: Yeah, Mate, worst ever. Dead horses. Oh man. <laughs> uh, my number one is point break as well. But this on the back, do we do do we do the shining? Is the shining a movie of the world?
5: Oh let's do it.
2: Let's do it. Oh, like, let's do it. Oh, Psychological I love it. thrillers and my bag. Yeah. Um my number one is footloose. Um if Kevin Bacon was dead, he would turn over his <laughs> crypt. It was the 2011 remake. Um didn't make me want to dance. It made me want to cut off my feet. <laughs> it was it was awful. Right, on, boys, quick one. Best movie
5: remake. What do you got oh, there, Wendy? Cape, Cape Fear. Yeah. Awesome. Cape Fear in oh, a you know, canter.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to say Inglorious Bastards. I know the the storyline is a little bit different, but Inglorious Bastards.
5: Mm. Mm. Speak,
8: uh, for me. Liam no, you go you go I'll
4: go um uh, I look de- my uh, I look I don't go know what's go go going on at Hey listen remember
5: back Star
6: Jason
4: I, Momow. hate to see you at in the intersection <laughs> you it. <blinks. laughs> <laughs> it's technically not a remake it's a prequel but House of the Dragon
6: mm. oh. Liam
8: yeah. uh, for me I've the departed remade from a, um, a Hong Kong film uh, I think the remake's much better than the original
2: I tell you what I, I go oh. Star is born it's been remade twice, and I think each time it gets better. Oh, So you've got Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand in the original remake, and, of course, Lady Gaga <laughs> and uh, the other bloke. Jason, Is that Mamau and Gaga? And the Le-Mau. other bloke Le-Mau. who stars in it, uh, uh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Brad Cooper, good guy. Liam, good on you, mate. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, go well, mate. We'll take a break after the break. We're going to talk about a few things going on in the game. Yes, welcome back. And uh we've got search and enjoy coming up a little later. Benny, who you got what do you got for us this week? We're going to Florence in Italy this week. Oh, oh
1: yeah. that's a bit, yeah. yeah. bit You Happy with that? Yeah. I've got a good, a, a good
2: story on Florence. Yeah. We went there. Yeah. It was it's my happy place for a reason. Uh <laughs> when one season ends, gentlemen, another one openeth. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> openeth open uh Conformeth. I don't know. Uh, expectations, pressures are abundant. sitting next
5: to Shakespeare.
2: Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, Broncos, Dannon um, faded badly. I mean, young team. We're going to be a year older. The uh, next year, you expect them to improve. Just the nature of the players, but the outside noise is going to bring a lot of pressure. That's that's the concern. The talk around uh, Kevy, talk about Benny Iken, all those things you know, Basically, given the back end of the year, all that goodwill around the Broncos just evaporated quickly.
4: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It, the, the the team, the squad, the way they play is is not the concern. It's the the noise outside of it, just like the noise of that phone just then.
5: <laughs> and, and sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry.
4: <laughs>
2: you want to do what? No, it's mate, Jason hey, Moment. Hey, listen. <laughs> if we can put up, if we can put up with Joey actually talking to his dropkick mates on the phone, sorry, we can I put thought, up with the ding. I
5: thought it was on silent. It doesn't
4: matter. I was I had one of the worst segments earlier, so <laughs> we're even. Yeah. Um, but it's the it's the noise above, and, and it's actually it's such a a typical negative path that big powerful clubs go down. Mm. Where all of a sudden, when Wayne Bennett leaves, there's a power vacuum, and then you start to see the infighting because it's such a there's so much involved with it. There's so much power that comes with the Brisbane Broncos, and unfortunately, at the moment, we're seeing that again. It happened a couple of years ago. And we thought Kevi Walters would come in and be able to change that because he's an old boy. And then you see, I mean, so the biggest concern right now is a club that has been in history so good at protecting its players from the admin is now in the headlines for its yeah. admin. It's concerning.
2: Yeah. Uh, Side so that's getting a lot of good headlines: of the Bulldogs, you know, the rapid turnaround and look, you know. So what you want about Gus. One thing about Gus, I mean, you look at the success Penrith have had right through the grades. Mm. He's got his fingers on all of that. And just it's been a quick turnaround for the Bulldog as far as outside perception is concerned.
5: I remember talking to Gus um, where long before he uh, arrived at the Bulldogs and we were talking about the state that they found themselves in, particularly with the cap. And I, I said to him, how long is this going to take to turn around, You think, at Canterbury, if, if, it, if at all? And he said, "I oh, that type of rebuild is going to take the best part of 10 years. Well, he's had a big impact within a with one year at the club. I mean, he's got Marnie and Kickow and and the best emerging coach in the game. For mine, that's the big issue about how Cameron Serrado goes from assistant coach to head coach. Uh, and I think he'll definitely succeed, but – sorry, I don't think he'll definitely succeed. Yes. I think he'll succeed, but you never know until you're there. Do you think,
2: uh, fellas, that they can break into the eight next year at the – no. At the bottom end of the eight? I don't think so. I think they
5: can knock on the door of the eight. Well, I mean, that's interesting. A good, yeah, and it depends that's a, if the eight lets them in. That, that's a Hello? Maybe is they can there? ring the doorbell of the eight. Hello, who's there? It's not the Titans, is it? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think uh, the really interesting thing with Gus is that, and you've got to get it right, you've got to get it right, but it's, it's another example of picking a bloke that is the leader and whatever he says goes because yep. as soon as you – all the clubs you see struggling, it's usually the fact that there's no one person that is the be-all and end-all. And Gus is that guy. So, yeah, you know, truth is – the truth only matters as far as perception is concerned. And it's perceived that the Bulldogs are on the up. Yep. They, they came, what, 12th this year? Yes. So, like, in reality – that's okay, but it's not like you could look at better the, than
5: people thought. For yeah, sure. you're not wrong.
4: But they did do a lot of recruitment, and you look at their side. You, you could have made an argument they could have been fighting for that this year. So I do th- definitely think that the Bulldogs are absolutely on the up. The mm. biggest, I guess, uh, question is is that the seven role, even though I yes. thought Kyle Flanagan was very solid, it seems like Gus probably wants someone else yep. there. Yep. And Hence so I wonder Sul- how that happens. Sullivan
2: is yep. saying exactly. to, agitating to the Dragons that he wants out to go to the Dogs. Uh, Benji and Tim Sheans. Uh, uh, Api Korosau arrives, big signing. Isaiah Papali, it appears that he is definitely going to go there. What is going on around Luke Brooks? again? It's like oh, this time know, last year where Newcastle are coming out, sort of well, making noises, uh, we're going to get him. Uh, and the Tigers are saying he's going nowhere.
5: I couldn't tell you. I don't have an answer to that. But it's it's an ongoing saga that's been going on for about three years. I am concerned that Tigers fans are going to think that they get two club legends in Sheens and Marshall back at the helm of that club, and then it's all of suddenly it's going to be the panacea. And I think it's not going to be. It's going to take a long, long rebuild at that club.
4: Mm. The biggest concern for me is they have three leading halves at that club, having back one of them yes. going into year. We do not know. Yes. Yep. Even though they have the halves that can do it. And I haven't backed them, my biggest. No
2: Faluma goes back next year. So, um, I mean, well, yeah, but you're right. Uh, in and around the halves, that's the big one. We'll take a break, and after the break, uh, metal recyclers. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> I was just, uh, yes, I was, uh, yeah, you don't want to know what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, I just want to do a big congratulations to the 190 W team. Uh, from Wooden Spooners to Champs, Tamika Upton, Millie Boyle, I mean, really inspired signings. Um, sign, yeah. Circuit breakers, as you call them, get them in there, make a massive difference. Jesse Southwell, wow, like Nathan Cleary, will dominate for the next decade. What a player!
5: I'd play her in the men's team. Yes, mate. I'd... Well, I've, I've her... said
2: before she's the best playmaker in Newcastle.
5: But what about her? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But what about her skill level?
2: Awesome. It's it's. I love watching uh, as
4: the girls get more training. You know, more resources. You can just tell the way they move that they're oh, getting more time with the awesome. ball in hand, and they look like they feel natural in that. Whereas you go back a couple of years, it just didn't look like it felt natural because they didn't have time playing. I mean, it is, it is so good.
6: Yeah. But
5: you know it's, what? I reckon. I reckon the NRL are onto such a good thing, but they need they need to, like they talk yep. a good game with the NRLW. Mm, got the it. fact that the semis were up in Brisbane with four Sydney teams was ridiculous. I think the fact that the Gillaroo's don't know how much money they're going to get paid. Yep. Um, and they got so that people well. pulling out they got it. They got a. They're onto a good thing, and they should make the most of it.
2: We'll take a break. Slice of Denon coming up next. Yes, and uh, coming up pretty soon, we've got Sound Advice, which is Super Tramps' uh, Breakfast in America. Look forward to that. But it's time for Slice of Denon. And Denon, I believe you caught up with uh, one of the grand final heroes not that long ago.
4: Yeah, so Jerome Lawy. So this was actually after their last grand final win. And interestingly, uh, it's they had controversy last year, obviously, with the trophy. And I think there was some other stuff that happened. But, I mean, again, it wasn't crazy stuff. But I thought it would be really interesting to give his thoughts and hear what he had to say after that controversy uh, in regards to the Penny Panthers. I think it was speaking before about how, like, last year, you know, you were embraced and loved. And then this year, it was almost like they were looking for reasons to not like you, looking for reasons to... The things they loved about you last year All of a sudden they don't love you Was that I guess tough to deal with As a young squad Going oh, hang on a sec We're not really doing anything wrong Like we're celebrating tries And yeah. we're just loving We're just trying to enjoy footy
9: Yeah It was weird at a point And then Yeah we just didn't care mm. um, After a certain time About yep. what people were saying Especially in the media and, and things like that I think Being an NRL player um, And nowadays You have to learn to block that stuff out man, 100%. because Yeah you get some crazy stuff online So Yeah um just understanding that within our four wars is what matters most and choosing the opinions that you can sort of take out of sort of helped us as a young team. And we've got leaders up there like Fish and Klairs and Yoey that sort of um, help us or help the younger boys through that period.
2: That's the thing about it, isn't it? We were talking before about the criticism they copped in the mainstream media. Even without all the criticism they'd have copped, on social media as yeah.
4: well. I mean, it's you can't get away from it because it's it's everywhere unless you just get off social media. But what's really interesting is, and I find it fascinating with the Panthers because they're the perfect case study. <clears throat> the first year they came in, we all sat down and were like this young, brash, in your face. They're changing the game, how much energy they bring to the game. Then they become the big dogs. And all of a sudden yeah, it's like yeah. arrogance, You know, no yeah. respect. They need to have more integrity. And so it's just – it's – it's so typical of us. We, we love an underdog and they're not the underdogs anymore.
2: Yeah. If there was a, a point when you said, when did it turn? i tell you the point where it turned and st- they, it started sort of dividing opinion. Remember the Stephen Crichton, Canberra Raiders thing? Yeah. Yeah. Where there was lots of controversy about that, you know, mm. and, and
5: you... I
2: thought the reaction to that was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we've but you know the thing is
5: though, like if you get to deal with them one-on-one, like oh. I, I can, they're the loveliest kids well, they like, really are, and this one I can't believe. Particularly someone like Nathan, I'll, I'll give me Nathan Cleary as a player, a current player to deal with over any other player any day of the week.
2: Yeah, totally yeah. agree. We we had uh, Brian To'o oh, and uh, Jerome come into the show twice. They have been Everyone just went. Everybody, hair and makeup, wardrobe, producers. Everybody, they're a joy. Yeah, but Luai's
5: look, look, a niggler though. He's a niggler on oh, the field, yeah. and he yeah, did yeah. it in Origin. And I, I used to, li- I, I, I like it from a New South Wales point of view because New South Wales got bullied for so long, and then yeah. there's this changing of the garden. Luai's, you know, giving a little bit back. Yeah, yeah. which it, I, is it, what Origin's all about.
4: Exactly, <laughs> and, and I, I think it's just funny we pick the characters that we want to hate, and we pick the characters we want to love. We've seen niggle before. We've seen uh, people bringing people into huddles before. Like, yeah, okay, is it the, the beacon of integrity and honour after a, a win? No, but at the same time,
2: we're watching this for yeah. entertainment. And and but let's not forget the fact that, mate, these boys grew up in a pretty tough hombres, like Mount yeah, Druitt, yeah. you know. And, and one of the greatest achievements that these guys have, have done it is the fact that they are changing... They're changing the culture and they're changing the image of Mount Druitt, of their area and the things they do for their family. You know, I was talking to uh, Ty Tuvasa about it, um, and of course he's a Mount Druitt boy, and he said, you know, when he was growing up as a kid, he said people, you'd say you were from Mount Druitt, and people would go, oh, okay. He said, well, now it's cool to be from Mount Druitt, and that's because of the sports stars, the rugby league stars, because of Thai.
4: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like Mount Druid, it the cultural impact that's had on the next generation of young girl and boy has been massive, all the way from clothing. Uh, in hip-hop now in Australia, they're massive. And it all starts with the Penrith boys representing an area that was traditionally marginalised. Um, so, like, I think it's fantastic what they're doing. I think there's so many young kids in tough areas that can look at the Penny Panthers and go, you know what? I can do that too
5: imagine, imagine if this social media around know, I didn't mention this earlier in '93 after the Broncos won the Premiership yep. St George can't play they were, they were they were calling Jeff Carr of the Leeds Club and saying, you know Carey, have you scored yet <laughs> um, they said they had another go at the Civic reception, Would they've been branded dis- we look back at that mm. now and think, oh those larrikins yep. Alan okay. Langer and Kevin Walters
2: Alfie would have been he would have been pressured to apologize yeah he would have been pressured into it we used to. Do- you know, ring opposition code. The, the Parramatta knocked us out in 98. Me and Joey just tortured Brian Smith, just call <laughs> him non-stop, anonymous phone calls. Uh, no, it was 99. They knocked us out. Then there was the other one. Remember Gus, the Roosters, not, me and Joey would just call Gus at 4 o'clock in the morning. If he had played a Gus, he'd get out of bed and have, like, conversations for two hours with us. <laughs> <laughs> when you're having conversations with Matthew and Andrew Johns at 4 a.m. Mate. in the morning then you you need to get some value.
5: <laughs> maybe maybe don't call a chronic insomniac. Yes, <laughs> that's true. To uh, just a to further
4: your point too with Brian tottle and uh, Jerome Luai. Like, okay, yep, super aggressive on the field, but you're right. They are so humble and respectful. Um, you know, and, and whether it's a journalist or a former player, like for example, usually if you're a big dog 300-game player, all players will respect you, whereas – As you get lesser down, you've only played 10 games, uh, one game, and then you might just be a fan or a journo. Some players may be a little bit standoff Mm. to that, whereas Jerome Law and Brian To'o, they treat everyone with the utmost respect in person. It's incredible. Do you know,
2: I've got – my policy on things is that when you're winning comps, you can get ahead of yourself. You can. You can say what you want, mate. Yeah. So to the victor the spoils, if you want to talk it up and be brash, do you know what? You win the comp, It means you can you can walk the in walk. It, you go it. for it. If when someone's finishing 10th in the competition yeah. and he's struggling and <laughs> start talking themselves up, that's when you say, hey, pull your head in.
4: A hundred percent. And even further to that point, Loi said it before the grand final. Yes. He didn't say it after he got the chockies. He said, you can call us daddy before. So it's kind of like, He's putting it out there. He's not waiting to win and then talking smack. He's yep. doing it before. I love it.
5: This is my thing. Does it doesn't really matter? No. Like, it's only a couple of, it's a couple yeah. of smart-ass lines.
2: Yeah, it's great. I no love it is. It. Like, uh,
5: In terms of atrocities and all the bad things that players can do, is it really that bad?
2: Yeah. Mm, no, harumph.
6: You soft. Uh, guys, <laughs> a
2: story which has appeared yesterday in the paper, which is a cont- continualisation of the Des Hasler-Manly administration battle. Is that Anthony Subol? Um, is is the man that many Manly power brokers see as Des's long term, or what could be taking place short term replacement? Webby, what are you hearing about this Manly mess? Oh,
5: I think they're trying. They're Scott Penn and uh, and Tony Mestrov, the new CEO, who's fallen out with Des Hasler, the coach, after about a handful of minutes, <laughs> handful of handful of weeks in the job, um, which is never a good sign to try to push Des Hasler out. Mm. Which I think if they but they but they're trying to get him to they're trying to force him out without a payout. And as we've said on this show before, if there's one bloke who's not going to walk without all their money, yeah. it's Des. and that's just jo- not going to happen.
2: Dez wants Josh his assistant, who, uh, and they're saying now we want Anthony Seibold. Is that okay? That that's that's that is posturing. an F, that is
5: an fu to Des Hasler. Yeah, surely.
4: Yeah, right. Well, I just I just I understand maybe Desi's hard to deal with or whatever. Mm. But again, there's one bloke in that whole building that's won premierships and had one of the best records of any coach over the last 10 years. It's Desi Hazlott. But
5: it's not yeah. like they didn't know what they were getting. Yeah, that's sorry. what Des has always been. Yeah. yeah. You Bizarre. know? And yeah. I just... It's, Manly had that, success. And with the greatest, with the greatest respect to Siebs, mm. is he honestly the long-term solution at that club? Mm. He couldn't handle the politics of Brisbane? Mm. Is he going to be able to handle the politics which is well, next level at Manly.
2: Well, if you're going to get rid of Des, right, and you're going to say everybody at Manly are acutely aware that in the past, in the history of the club, it's taken a Manly person to have success and be able to make a go at Manly, right? When they bring <coughs> outsiders in, it doesn't work. The fact that they are trying to bring, talking about either Seebs or Josh Hennay, people left of centre, outside of the area, um, don't really understand the manly culture. Is that saying that the power brokers want a complete change of manly DNA, dynamic, culture, whatever you want to call it? It does.
5: And I think it's it's, it's Scott Penn trying to... Wrestle control of his club again because he's based in New York and he's uh, he's almost like a, a an owner and chairman via remote control. They put Mestrov in to try and sort out and wade out wade through the politics, and he's obviously not up to it. And I and I just I think um, <laughs> what they're doing with Des is exactly what Canterbury did to Des, where they, yep. that you either back him or sack him. And I think it's ridiculous that a bloke who's won premierships and had as much success as Dez has and been around as long as Dez mm. is getting told who his assistant coaches yeah, should right. be.
2: Yes. Michael Kariannis, I heard him on SEN. They asked him, they said, what, what do you think? Where is this going? He, he thinks that they're going to make it untenable for Dez. Well, do you think Dez will be coaching uh, coaching next season?
5: At- oh, I wouldn't want to predict what's going to happen, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem likely, mm. does it? But I know one thing. He won't be going without a big fat check. I stumbled on that one. Yeah. Uh, I will J- say Jason Mount. <laughs>
4: <laughs> in regards to let's say they do want a whole clean out. What about your own backyard? What about the fact they've had eight to nine CEOs? Like you've got admin yeah. and you've got football. Yeah. Maybe sort the admin out and 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 bring an A plus or at least an A for a couple of years before you start going, Oh, well, it's actually the football that needs a complete clean out. Yeah. I, I think I personally think that it may get to the point where too much damage is done. Like, yeah.
2: how can how can Desi roll Jesus, out? Tell you what, it's with someone else's encouragement. They've got Messi throwing big punches early. Oh, they do, they, mm. man. They do. What about uh, Benny? You're a uh, the Prince of Penitent Hills. You are a manly tragic. How are you looking at all this? Uh,
1: I'm when I saw the headline, I went, "Are you kidding me?" And I know a whole bunch of other fans because it's in the telly this morning saying that they will pull they will their memberships and walk away. Well,
2: what is going on there? Because at the moment, that's been spoken about as well. Is yeah, people, pe- pe- are pe- pe-
1: people are emailing in saying, please hold on my automatic renewal because uh, I want to see how this Desi thing um, and the Manly are responding to them going, sure, we'll put it on hold and look forward to talking to you next time. Like, but
5: There's also I, talk that Des is going to sue.
1: But if you remove Des Hasler, okay, that's, that's the club's choice. If... Anthony Seabold goes in there and they start poorly, which mainly do. Mm. Wow. Watch watch the knives and the vitriol come out.
4: I I will say, like, Seabold, I don't think he's completely done as a coach. Like, obviously, he's, you know, at the time at the Broncos was absolutely not great. But I do think he needs to go out and and get some success, you know, whether it's the Super League or in New South Wales Cup before he rolls straight into another head coaching role. I think that it's too soon, in my opinion. I don't know if it's a
5: right fit for Seabold. Yeah. Really? It's true. Yeah, it's true. But well, I want mean, you chewed up and where where the Broncos, do so you want to get chewed what's, up and what's, spat out
1: at the family. What's Anthony Seabold saying about all this? Is, is we Do we know his? And Come on, guys.
2: And we've got him on the line.
1: Oh, Anthony I Seabold. Seabold. We Seabold.
3: Seabold. We don't
2: know. It. It's a mystery, Ben. And we'll is, it a, mystery? is it just a name that's been thrown up? No, he's obviously, I'd say Soobs. No, he lives th- in the area. Yep, soups, yep, And I'd say that he's he's probably close with a couple of. He's definitely,
5: it's not paper talk. He's definitely seen as a quote unquote long term. Solution at that club.
2: Now we're going to take a break after the break with Super Tramps Breakfast in America. Whatever you bet on,
0: take it to the Neds level. Gamble
8: responsibly.
2: And we've got him in line, Jared Tims. Timsey you're welcome, mate.
0: Morning, Matty. Thanks for having me back.
2: Always a pleasure, mate. Now, the Neds Might and Power Stakes uh, this weekend Uh some brilliant races. That's one of them.
0: Absolutely, Matty. Look, only eight horses engaged in the field, but what this lacks in depth, it certainly makes up for in class. Five-time Group One champion Adamo making his Melbourne return. He's our two dollars thirty-five favourite at Ned's. He leads Zaki four sixty. The biggest move in our market so far. I'm thunderstruck seven fifty into six dollars.
2: Now the Ned's Caulfield Guineas as well.
0: Yeah, early favorite aft cabin. He's injured himself and he's out of the spring, and that's blown this race wide open. His stablemate Golden Miles, the one that the Neds Pumpers have backed into favoritism now, two dollars eighty. Berkeley Square is rock solid on the second line of betting, four eighty. T Tijuana, he's the one I'm with. He's the early Neds market mover. Eleven dollars into eight dollars.
2: Yeah, now what about the two handicap?
0: Yeah, typically one of the most open Group 1 races of the season, Matty, but the Neds Punters have already locked in on one this year. He is now our clear favourite. It's I Wish I Win out of the Peter Moody stable. $3.20 into $2.50. We're looking at $10 and longer for the rest of them here. I thought maybe there was a bit of value around a horse like Pinstripe.
2: $14. Well, Timsy, I appreciate that, mate, and thank you very much for the year. I, I believe it's the last cross today.
0: I very much enjoyed it, Matty. The pleasure has all been mine. Hopefully we can find the punters a couple of last winners there.
2: That would be fantastic. Good on you, Timsy.
0: Thanks, Matty. Good luck, punters.
2: Yeah, that's Jared Timms from Neds, and most importantly, people gamble responsibly.
0: Neds Same Game Multi is available on more sports than ever before. Take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
2: Yes, and today on Sound Advice, we venture back into the 70s with an iconic band who whose sound particularly uh, this album has sustained, Supertramp's Breakfast in America.
6: Take a look at my girlfriend. She's the only one I got. Not much of girlfriend. But never to be
2: And we welcome Jack Johns. Jack, we had your brother in earlier, big man in campus. Welcome back to you. Hey, morning, fellas. How are you? Hey, we're doing well, Jack. Mate, this is big album. Uh, it's a big band. However, I imagine none of your teammates would count themselves as Supertramp fans. Uh, not a band synonymous with males in their 20s, you would say.
9: Well, I was um, actually having coffee with a few of the boys this morning and when I was telling them I was doing um, Supertramp, they asked me who that band was and then I said Breakfast in America and they said, what's that song? And then when I played it, most of the group actually knew the song. so Yeah, right. Um, it, it, the, the song, especially Breakfast in America, I'd say that's a song that has been played in the radio um, a fair bit over the years, yeah.
2: Uh, ben, we are doing this as a favour to your father-in-law. Yep, who's mm. uh,
1: staying with us at the moment, had
2: spinal surgery, so he's
1: lying in bed listening to Sound Advice and Supertramp. Yes. So he's been begging me all week about it. Mm. Can you please do it? Can you please do it? And guess what? We're doing it. That's my power. That's the power (laughs) I wield. Is that how he said
2: it? Yes. Yeah. 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 You are the Ray. He's really.
1: He's a really meek and mild sort of guy. Like yeah. But he was rather forceful (laughs) on this, Uh,
2: mate. uh, You are the Ray Hadley of SEN. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you, Uh, Jack. (laughs) For people don't know the album, the big songs on this album. Yeah. So the big songs on
9: this album. So of course, uh, the title track, Breakfast in America. Um, the Logical Song. So The Logical Song is really is it's probably my favourite track. It's it's if you if anyone watched that that recent show Spiderhead um, with Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller, I think that was one of the main songs. So you might recognise it from that um, that movie yep. uh, on Netflix. And then there's Goodbye Stranger and then Take the Long Way Home. So
2: yeah, yeah. big album. Jack, I look, I'm being naive here. I've had the monkey brain on today, but I actually thought Super Tramp were an American band. I thought, you know, yeah, like, the, I, I didn't, oh, so did I. The, so, the English band, Jack,
9: yeah, so they're, they're an English band. Um, I, I've heard, uh, I've seen different um, articles where uh, people compared them very similar to Pink Floyd. Um, in the way some of their songs, uh, such as the logical song, sort of rails against English schooling. Um, similar to songs like, you know, another brick in the wall and, and, um, and, and different sort of tracks from Pink Floyd like that. But I've got a quote here from Stephen Holden. So this is an article in 1979, just after the album come out. And he claims that breakfast in America is a textbook, perfect album of the post Beatles keyboard centered English rock art. Um, so, clearly, um, yeah. it was well-received. Like, it sold over 20 million copies worldwide. So, wow. it was a, a well, well, very well-regarded album, and it, and it sounds like um, the critics loved it as well.
4: Now, Jackson, speak here, mate. Uh, how you going? Good, Uh Now, this is going to be a real stupid question, but, like, what genre would you consider them? Because they seem a bit poppy, but then you just said rock. Like, what genre would you consider them?
9: Yeah, that's an interesting one, because I've heard... I've heard a different, especially in that in that article, they kept referring to, um, conf- like we re- referring to it as like intellectual rock art. Like, I'd say it probably leans towards pop, but um, they, they're used to like the keyboard and, and, and certain instrument instruments. They, I think they sort of. It's an interesting album. Like the word, the word that I had to Google when researching it was "dichotomy," which I had no idea what it meant. Um, which means. contrast between two things that are opposed or different so Mm. a lot of the songs um one end of the song or another side of the song or different songs between each other on the album sort of contradict each other some Mm. are happy Mm. um i think stephen Holden says that songs on the album are either dependable clinical intellectual or cynical so um yeah i'd say it's one of those albums that it'd be very hard uh, and all the songs are quite different that it's hard to sort of nail down exactly what they were. I've
1: been, I've been listening to this album all week on the back of this because I didn't really know Supertramp, so I've been delving into this. It's, a, it's an incredible album. Yeah, um, It took seven months to make all the overdubbing, seven months to the point that the band set up um, mobile homes or caravans basically in the car park of the recording studio, and that was their house, and they just went wow. backward and forward because they said it was so intensive. Which, you know, you always think of bands sort of coming in, playing the guitar, and then saying, see you later, guys, and walking out.
2: See, one of the reasons I thought they were an American band, there was an old television show in the early 80s called The Last American Hero. Mm.
1: Mm. And yeah, yeah.
2: you remember The Last American yeah. Hero? And the star of The Last American Hero is in the film clip, It's Raining Again. Yeah, right. And that's why I sort of thought that's a connection there. But, uh, Jack, for such a huge band that, you know, in the, in this... Sixth studio album. They sold twenty million copies. Why did they break up? What was the story there? Um, oh, good question, Cole. uh, I actually don't have that information on me. Okay, because uh, I have. I think, I th- I think, <laughs> the, I think the, the main hey, songwriters hated each other, didn't they? Ro- the Roger Hodson, right? Is there a more Rick stereotypical Lewis? breakup? Singer songwriter Roger Hodson, he wanted to pursue a solo career. Oh. How many Those damn record companies. You <laughs> know, they get. And, but
1: his his catalogue is extensive. Ro- do you know Roger Hodgson? No,
9: song? I don't.
2: <laughs> I don't either. Jack it was, you know, a solo artist. Did, did anyone go on to any real success? Not really. Um,
9: Rick Davies as vocals, Roger Hodgson keyboards and vocals, John Helliwell on sax, Bob uh, Sam, Sandberg on drums, and Dougie Thompson on bass. I think. Um, I think they were they were better as a group. Yeah. <laughs> I,
5: it, I reckon. Is, is it right, Jack, that none of their songs went number one? When I was doing a bit of research on it, it didn't seem like any of their songs went. Like for all those iconic songs that that get so much airplay on radio, like... give
1: a, give a little bit, which is on the album before this, because the album takes the long. Their r- albums go number
5: one, but you're right. Individually,
2: yeah. the songs, Jack, don't seem like they had number one. I think the a logical man. But I think
5: that 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 went number six. I read. Mm. 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 Good yeah, research. The, the, the I might
2: surprise you with.
9: The album itself, across the board, oh. it, it, the, the worst, the, pretty much the worst major um, continent they didn't go, oh, it's not continent, but the worst major country um, chart spot they didn't uh, go to number one was the UK. They went to number three, which is ironic because oh. they're actually from Very it, funky but... band, isn't well, it? That's
2: yeah. very interesting. Isn't it funny? We underestimate yeah. the difference across the Atlantic, right? The difference between. The U.S. taste and U.K. taste. One of the best examples of that are the band The Hollies, who had Bus Stop and all those great songs, had number one after number one in the U.K., went, why can't we crack the U.S. market, went to America, heard the sound of a band and come up with a song called uh, Long Tall Woman in a Black Dress, which when you listen to it, you go, no, that's credence. You go, no, no, it's The Hollies. Oh, it went yeah. number one in the U.S. and didn't rate in the U.K. Wow. Well, you can just see how contrasting. But it's, it's
1: kind of like, band, Australian bands that make it in the US, a yeah. bit like Savage
2: Garden in the US was Sav- massive. Savage Garden, Savagé. And yeah. in, in Mate, Australia, Savash. a Cherry Cola was a we, bit of a joke. Well, Little River Band were playing stadiums in America.
5: Yeah, you know, hey, the hey um, were they really? Yeah, really they're huge. They're yeah. Hey, Jack, during that
4: period, uh, like Eng- I guess England rock pop kind of dominated to a degree. Do you think we'll ever find England coming back as the beacon of kind of rock
9: pop, or yeah, I don't know. There are different bands that come out now uh, all the time, um, different DJs and and, and music groups uh, and, and just solo artists that they come out of the UK all the time. I, I assume, um, I assume, yeah. Like like, like I know uh, people like Stormzy and different artists that are that are huge now that come out of the UK. I, I think. I think as Australians, I think we adopt a lot of that um, mm. from the UK and, and, and US. We sort of adopt a lot of that music culture from those two two yeah. places. Um, yeah. Yeah. The like, like these these albums here. Like the thing that surprises me with this album is how good the the actual album did, and how many how good like how good all the singles did. But the thing that will surprise you the most is the song that's most recognised over here, which I would say is. Breakfast in America, it actually it actually did the worst out of all four of the major singles that I named earlier. Oh, wow. Which is it's amazing. Which peaked in the US at, at number sixty two, whereas Goodbye Stranger was at fifteen, Take the Long Way was ten, and the logical song peaked at number six in, in yeah. the
2: US and, yeah. and sixteen in Australia. And longevity. Is, there you go. Yeah. Jack, A plus the, to um, F minus, mate. What do you got? I will give this say uh, this is definitely an A collar. Yeah,
9: nice. And the um the last little bit I wanted to say was so in the nineteen eighties Grammys so this period there from you know early eighties to uh, early eighty to um, seventy nine the um it, it was actually nominated for album of the year alongside uh, Minute, by Minute by Minute by the Doobie Brothers, The Gambler Kenny Rogers, and Fifty um, Second Street by Billy Joel, and they were all beaten by yeah. uh, by Billy Joel on that um,
2: yeah.
9: during that nineteen eighties Grammys.
2: Zach, before we let you go, for people on this day in rock and roll, John Cougar mellencamp was born, the guy who calls himself the Little Bastard, uh, never a true word spoken. Uh, Big day in drug charges, 82, Jimmy Page felt guilty of blow uh, and possession. Uh, 2005, uh, Boy George arrested for bugle. Uh, 1995, Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill album comes out, highest-selling album all time of a female artist, 30 million records. Jack Johns, go well. Well done today.
9: Farewell, I See you, fellas. Yeah, You're God right. hey, bless Jack. you.
2: Uh, we're going to take a break. Search and enjoy next. Yes, people, and it's that time. Time to search and enjoy.
3: I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts bear man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere.
2: God bless Johnny Cash, rest in peace, old mate. Now, Ben, (laughs) we have gone to various parts of the world, which don't exactly sit mainstream. We've had Mm. uh, uh, Ethiopia, Iran, Doha, amongst others. Today is probably the most mainstream place you're going to touch on.
1: Yes, Florence, Italy. I'm doing it mainly because I know uh, DK here is heading to Italy for a a jaunt for seven weeks. So, yeah, Florence, Italy, like it is heaven on earth. Wow. Ooh. Incredible. Love it. So excited, seriously. I You've got there's lots of tabs in or something? There's lots of bars, there's plenty of places to get drunk, Webby.
2: Yeah. It's It is one of the most amazing places as far as history and architecture. Yeah. When you walk around, there's just history st- uh, through the streets. Yeah. And, and it is such a contained city. And the thing I loved about it was that I walked into a bar and there was this old nunna who was there, an old Italian grandmother who was filling in. Her son had left and said, pointed and said, no, she's looking after. And I said to her, God bless her, I said, you know, my perfect Italian, un vodka. And she went, what? Un vodka. And she sort of shrugged her shoulders, walked over, got what was almost a midi glass of vodka and poured it to the top and said three euros. Now, I should not have accepted that, but I did. And that was my first stop every single day. So when we travel overseas, we have an agreement. Trish and I will have breakfast together. Then we'll meet for dinner. Right, huh? yeah. And when we're in Florence... I would stagger in, and she'd go, "What have you been What's doing?" Happening? I said, "Oh, if you only knew." <laughs> On vodka, you. but <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an incredible city. It
1: is a city you can just wander, and you know you can obviously see the sides like the Duomo or the Pitti Palace or the Uffizi, if you're into the art world. But um, or the Ponte Vecchio, of course, the bridge. The only bridge. Uh, through Italy that Hitler didn't blow up because it was too beautiful. Yeah,
6: wow. Well, Who's well. yeah, he's the one they oh, said, do not soft, touch that bridge. what
1: oh. about him? He, uh, <laughs> he's got a soft he, uh, spot for bridges. And I, and I actually got engaged on that, on that bridge. Oh. First oh. marriage or second one? Second marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Successful marriage. Have you been married twice? Yeah, did you know this? This is, this is for another time. We started doing that. No, but we got it. What him. happened we... the first time? Uh, anyway, it does uh, a bad I'm going up. on my honeymoon. I don't want a bad luck She was a para
4: fan so I walked away. Can you tell me which bridge? Because I Want to get, uh, this is my first marriage.
1: Ponte Vecchio is where we got engaged. This is this is the good marriage. Okay. We got we okay. got engaged oh, at midnight okay. on the Pontevecchio with it starting to snow a little bit. Oh, oh. oh. listen oh. to this! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, but I w- I would tell you a story. There's a there's a place called Piazza della Repubblica. It's a little. It's on the. It's in the touristy side. Lots of people know it. Anyway, I was walking through there with um, my wife and my parents-in-law, mm-hmm. and. Um, There was a stage being set up. And I went, wow, what's happening here? There's going to be some music and stuff. So we went and put ourselves in one of the little bars around the courtyard. Anyway, over time, more and more people. Anyway, we asked. They said, oh, Hard Rock Cafe. The Hard Rock Cafe there. they're going, more and more people are sort of getting into this plaza. I'm like, oh, wow. This is going to be great. Anyway, next minute, the thing is heaving. And out walks Iggy and the Stooges. No way. Iggy and the Stooges in 2012 rocked Florence and Iggy Pop is a man off a leash. He is, Isles. like, wow. shirt off, gristled muscle, wow. and he, he destroyed that place. It was the most spontaneous mm. concert of a B2, and it was incredible.
2: Remember, one of the oh, first wow. big day out, he was playing, and it was a massive thunderstorm, and they, they were going to, like, they, you know, get off stage, and mm. he, microphone swung it above him, Basically daring God to hit them up. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>, yeah. <laughs> kill me, kill me. Got a story. I've, I've said this story public before. People that haven't heard it. We're in Florence, right? I'm walking. Uh, I'm walking along, and it's got in English, uh, the world famous karaoke. Mm. Right? Uh, happens tonight, Thursday night this time. So I've gone to Trish and said, "Mate, karaoke bar down. We got to go." So we go down there. Anyway, so there's 50 people in the, in the room in the bar. So I say to Trish mate, I'm going to, uh, you know, i put them in any access, not many people here, so, you know, I'll go, Boz Lido shuffle, uh, name, you yeah, yeah. Anyway, so in between when I get up, honestly, the place just jams in, ends up being about 400 people in there. Oh. And the, and you know when you want someone to come on before you being hopeless and karaoke, this guy come on and did Andre Porcelli, Time to Say <laughs> Goodbye, and the crowd were just going nuts, and I was thinking, God, i hate to go next. Uh, Matteo Johns, (laughs) and I literally got on stage, started singing, and they were just staring at me. I had a panic attack, dropped it, walked off stage, and I said to Trish, at least nobody knows me. These two blokes walk up and said, oh, Matty, that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Take a break. We're going to talk Soccer World Cup next. (sighs) Yes, and become a barbecue legend this barbecue season with Barbecue's Galore shop online and in-store now. And uh, Ben, some uh, giveaways.
1: Yes, we're giving away $50 vouchers this morning to Vix Meats, sourced from the most premium and re- reputable sources for first-class experience. We're talking Bathurst, barbecues this weekend for the legendary supercars race up on the mountain. I got a text here from a John saying, can I have a voucher? Thanks for doing Super Tramp. I'll cook it on the barbecue this weekend. So we're going to – I don't know who that is, but we're (laughs) going to send out a voucher to him because he sounds like a good bloody bloke. Yes, well done,
2: or medium. Uh, Now, Soccer World Cup coming up, biggest tournament in the world by far, bigger than the Olympics, throw them all in, almost as big as the Rugby League World Cup. But uh, Maestro, opening match November 20, went to the official website, right? (laughs) What a dog's breakfast! How long
3: did you spend there, Matty? <laughs> Mate, I, look, I was on there, and it's like you, going through a maze. It is a Online. maze. They've got it's all dreadful.
2: the like the games, but they've only got like like two initials.
3: Yeah, for what it's you
2: just going. I don't know who.
3: Have your flag out. You've got to be able oh. to be. You've basically got to have an atlas in front of you to pick who's playing who, when, at oh, what no. time. It's, it is so it's a bad. complete mess. Um, all been thrown together very, very late.
2: Um, socceroos, how's the form of our key men?
3: Uh, <laughs> the two-game series against New Zealand a couple of weeks ago, which I believe Webby attended up in Brisbane. Mm. Um, I did. Was average, Yeah. I'll be honest. Yes. Um, but Jason Cummings on the back page of your paper today as well, Webby, I think, he from is. memory. And he played very well against New Zealand. So we've got some bolters who are coming late. Uh, The best thing is the rest of our group is not very good. I don't know if you remember people calling it the group of death as we always seem to label Mm -hmm. our group. Actually, France are in disarray. Denmark are a strong side who are like. And Tunisia are probably the worst of the five teams out of Africa. So we're we're a chance to pick up four points, and four points got us through in 2007.
2: As you said before, the great thing about France, France traditionally starts slow. And as Mm. you said, they're in disarray. Mbappe's had a... He's had a uh, a curse put on him. So
3: apparently this has been worked out. But a couple of weeks ago, there were reports going around that Paul Pogba had uh, been using a witch doctor to advance his career. And part of this had been to put the mock, basically, on Mbappe. And this did (laughs) coincide with about 18 months of Killian not quite being at his best. Um, that has apparently caused a bit of a rift. They're also bringing back in Karim Benzema, who I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. He hasn't been in the side for about 10 years because he blackmailed former teammate Matthew Valbuena. He had his sex tape and tried to extort him oh yeah. for a large oh, amount of money. So it, it, as if he he's coming that. back in.
2: I mean, Benzema, who played some of the biggest clubs yeah. in the world. as if he hasn't got enough already. He's <laughs> like, let me blackmail a mate and try to st- st- stoke some money Is out
5: the, of him. Dr. like the coach whisperer? Are they the same? Well, and we've
2: got him on the line. (laughs) 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 Okay, we said before, uh, whose World Cup? Firstly, Mm. as a side, you you believe it'll be a South American World Cup?
3: So, last time a South American team won the World Cup was 20 years ago in South Korea, Japan, in Asia. So that team of Ronaldo, Cafu, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, fantastic Brazilian team. They've got names that could be going into that similar stratosphere. Neymar's obviously the big name, but they've got these young guys, Vinicius Jr., Rafinha, Richarlison, yeah. uh, Roberto Firmino. They, they've got a fantastic is, side.
4: Is this Neymar's last chance to to mm. step into the greatness that, say, uh, Ronaldinho kind of did with, in regards to, like, he was compared to Pele mm. coming through? Yeah. Is this his last chance?
3: I don't think it's his last chance, but he certainly... Probably closer to the end than the beginning. Now I think he's at the stage Messi and Ronaldo were maybe four to six years ago, where they need mm. to. It's getting Gish. to last right. Haven't mm. the
2: Brazilians after the Ronaldo Rivaldo age Ronaldinho? Mm. Hasn't there been some false dawns when you, Rubinho, mm. like Rubinho, who Kaká, they were saying, yep. yeah, they've just there's so many. Mm. Um, I tell you, he's some brilliant touch. I'd love to see Argentina win it I'd, just for Messi's sake. Been watching a lot of PSG. Mm. He is in. Beautiful touch at the moment.
3: And he's got a supporting cast that actually suits him this time. He's Argentina generally develop attacking players, which is fantastic. This is probably the weakest side in terms of a squad on paper that he's gone to a World Cup with. But it, the funny thing is it could actually suit him because mm. he's got defensive players who can hold down the fort while everything else going forward can be set up around him. It could be actually a very well-balanced side. I really like one of the two South, the two big South American gun teams to take it out. I think Brazil and Argentina and all of the European teams, England, Germany, yeah. Spain, England? not playing very well.
4: England, yeah. you know, they, they say you they have the strongest – like the mm. Premier League is yeah, considered yeah. the strongest. Mm. And yet every year they go there and yeah. disappoint.
2: They're, They're, yeah. They do, don't they? It's the, uh, the internal pressure, but the very fact that it's international. Like, mm. for an example, the great tragedy is that Norway's not going to be there. Yes. Erlen Haaland, who mm. is oh. been a buy at Man City, is the best player in the world mm. at this moment.
3: Next 10 years, watch out for Norway. They've got some good players coming in around him as well. Yeah, Martin yeah. Odegaard's moved to Arsenal as well. He's part of the uh, – we are talking about the – all or nothing series He's a key part of that at Arsenal. Um, yep. He's the captain now. He was signed for Real Madrid, I think, the age of like fifteen. <laughs> so there, there is some serious Norwegian talent it's coming a, through. Look World out for them the next. Sorry, two, Sorry,
5: it's, it's a shorter World Cup. Yep. Isn't yes, it?
3: yes. Yep. They've
2: had to really just jam it in. This so, some is playing having a break for two days yep. because I've
5: talked to Arnie. I'm doing a big piece on Arnie later in the month. It's just it's a it's a tricky World Cup for him because they just haven't had any chance. Yeah, to train or play together.
2: Yeah. It's true. Good point, Webby.
5: Yeah, good. Uh, we'll take a break. <laughs> We've got
2: our uh, tips coming up next. Yes, welcome back. It's time for our uh, tips over the course of the weekend. Look, tomorrow, race seven in Caulfield, the Might and Power. I've gone number two on Thunderstruck. Bit of value around that. Get about six bucks. And in race eight, the Caulfield Guineas. Uh, again, about eight, nine to one. Tijuana, uh, number one. <laughs> top weight on that. Webby, you got I'm, something for us? I'm
5: going to uh, to Ramwick, race six in the agency Tap Craig, named after two great race callers. Uh, Hawaii Five O. Oh, Michael yeah. Freeman, nine yep. bucks. Oh, that's
2: good value. Have I a little... Uh, Singo's Hawaii 5
5: He might own it, yeah. Yes. It's, it's trained by Michael Freeman, ridden by Nash Rewilla. Oh, Nash. Mm, got it. Great jockey. Beek, got anything uh, for us?
4: Tip. Yeah. Tell your family you love them.
5: Oh, there you go. Oh. Maestro <laughs> loved it today.
2: Uh, Benny, have a good weekend, mate. Will do, mate. Righto, that's all from us people. Have a good weekend. If you see a drifter in the street, reach into your pocket and just give a bit.